When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. She comes down from Yellow Mountain on a dark flat land she rides. On a pony she named Wildfire With a whirlwind by her side On a cold Nebraska night It's actually a very, very sad song, but a beautiful song, Wildfire, as we start this Thursday edition of Bernie and Sid in the Morning, the number one Nielsen-rated news talk morning show in New York City. Here on Talk Radio 77 WABC, the unstoppable team of Bernie and Sid. So before we get into today's show, which includes three great guests, do some baseball today, too. I'm very excited about that with my friend Mark Feinsand coming up at 740. Before we do any of that, here he is, half of this uh, amazing show, the better half, actually, the brilliant, my man, Bernard McGurk. Good morning, Bernie. I can't hardly uh, speak. I'm blushing so I'm, I'm so red. That introduction is uh, over the top, Sid Rosenberg, but I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. I meant every word. We got a, a big show coming up today. It's funny, that song, Bernie. So here we are, Wednesday night. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous night. I hope you went outside yesterday and enjoyed it. And um, I had taken a walk on the beach with uh, Danielle. In fact, I uh, put up a beautiful picture on Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, of Danielle sitting in the lifeguard seat, you know. Uh, my favorite lifeguard, a couple of guys, you know, horny bastards out there are like, help me, I'm drowning, Danielle, help me, I'm drowning, <laughs> which is actually kind of funny. So we take a walk to the beach uh, last night, then we come back, she starts making dinner, and it's become a tradition now in the Rosenberg household, and there it is, nice job by Eric Salas. If you watch this radio show on the television, after it's done, WABCradio.tv, WABCradio.tv, you'll see this picture of Danielle sitting in the lifeguard seat looking beautiful with a... Beautiful blue sky. So she makes dinner, and uh, she plays this um, the uh, the Bose speaker in the kitchen, and it's always the same station. And I talked about this before, Bernie, with you and Lou, Yacht Radio, Yacht Talk Radio, Yacht Block Radio, and it's all the hits of the 70s and the 80s. And inevitably, Bernie, I'll hear during that one-hour dinner while she's cooking, while we're eating, four or five songs that I really like, and I'll text Lou Rafino right there on the spot. <laughs> so last night, Lou, without saying a word to him, just texting him the titles of the songs, sends me back a text and says, and I quote, will you stop listening to that effing station? <laughs> I had to search my groin to make sure I still was okay what, back there. In other down words, there. you're texting him, you hear a song, and you're texting him and say, play this tomorrow morning. Yes. No, he yes. doesn't even say that, Bernie. 
No, yes, I did. No, 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 no. You don't say. You get, don't give me a sentence. I'll, I'll read No, no, no. Word. Initially, I told you that. Now I just send you the name of the song and the artist. Right. That's it. And no. it's implied, Bernie, in the text he's going to play it the next morning. Yes. Yeah, I just get songs and uh, the artist. That's what I get. And I get a list of them. And, you know, 627, 637, 650, 702. So, like, this particular song here that you just... Uh, to me, that sounds like a 60s song, like a, maybe, 70s. maybe very early 70s. Yeah, and it's like, no, it was actually like, yeah, like 1974, it's, I guess. It's 70s, 75, guess. Yeah, yeah, 70s. They don't go, uh, Yacht Radio doesn't go into the 60s. They only do 70s and uh, 80s. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so I sent them about five songs you'll hear at some point today. Talking about my Instagram account before we get to the meat of the day, at Rosenberg.Sydney, I also, Bernie, put up a picture that I got late last night of my daughter, Ava, at the prom, and I do want to thank Maureen Walsh. Bernie, you know Maureen. She does the, the makeup. makeup. Yes? Sure. Yep, of course. Newsmax, yeah. Very, very good. Newsmax used to do Fox News. She knew you from there. She knows me from Newsmax. Now she's become a very, very dear friend of the family. In fact, she came over the day of Gabe's Bar Mitzvah early in the morning from New Jersey, did everybody's makeup. Last night, she went to the city to do Ava's makeup for the prom. Thank you again, Eric Salas. So I put up a picture of Ava on the Instagram. And I have to say, she's my daughter. And, Bernie, you've got a beautiful daughter, too. She really is beautiful. Uh, she's my well, daughter. You. But, man, she, she looks so beautiful in this picture. And uh, the, amount of, the amount of beautiful texts, Bernie, that I received back, oh, my God, Ava looks just like Danielle. Oh, my God, she's so beautiful, uh, beautiful like her mother. One or two people said she's a mixture of both. That's why she's so good looking. But uh, a, a ton of beautiful texts. And uh, Ava had a great time last night. Now the prom is done. Now we look towards Tuesday, which, are, which is her, her high school graduation. And uh, just, a, just a fun night. You know, Bern, Gabe was sitting there at dinner talking about how things are great. He loves his new house. He loves the beach. Mommy's making dinner. Ava's at the prom. She graduates on Tuesday. You know, you and I are rock and rolling number one in New York City. I guess what I'm saying is in the first uh, five minutes of this show, it's a good time to be alive. Life is good. Essentially, and, and, and um, I couldn't be happier for you, honestly, uh, especially with the move out to where you are without saying where you are. But, uh, yeah, I can feel it in your voice. It's just terrific. It's a great time of year. A spring, uh, you know, springtime, it just uh, portends great things, springtime, just before the summer, especially when the kids are this age and they're starting to graduate and move on. It is really, it, it, I, I, it's magical is what it is, and, and you are experiencing it. And I couldn't be happier for you. Well, you know what it is, too, and I know you're sincere about that, thank you, is the, the stuff that we cover on a daily basis. If I was at WFAN right now, it, uh, it's a great time to be there, too. I got news for you. The Yankees never lose first place. Uh, the Mets, their lead is shrinking because Atlanta is so hot. But they're a first-place team. The Rangers come up in Eastern Conference Finals appearance. So it's fun doing sports right now. But to be completely honest, the stuff that you and I do, for the most part, is incredibly depressing. It just is. January 6th, depressing. Joe Biden, depressing. Eric Adams, depressing. Kathy Hochul, depressing. The state of this city, the state of this state, depressing. Quite frankly, the state of the United States is somewhat depressing. So when I have these nights where I get to take a walk on the beach with my gorgeous wife, or my daughter does something great, or my son does something great, I need it because, quite frankly, most mornings we are not discussing stuff that's a feel-good story. Uh, no, not at all, and I feel exactly the same way. Starting back with the, when the pandemic started, everything from then on 
was very, very depressing, was sad, was dark and uh, scary, essentially. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, you had this uh, imbecile get elected, and people were like, oh, give him a chance, give him a chance. He's, he's a moderate old man. And, and he was the worst, just the absolute worst. And everything he could possibly do to ruin this place, he's done it. And we have to talk about it. And it's, it's like you say, it, it is depressing. People, When people are thinking about moving out to this place, that place, yep. to escaping, I mean, that can't be good. They cannot be and good. And not just so, thinking about moving out. They are moving out, and they're moving out in, in droves, in big numbers. And God forbid, Bernard, God forbid Republicans don't win in 2022 as we expect them to do. I have to imagine that the exodus becomes twice as bad. I can't think of a Republican family who cares about the values that you and I care about staying here if, in fact, there's not a huge red wave in 2022. So as bad as it is, there is a possibility, not large, but a possibility it could get worse. Uh, No doubt about it. But let me just say this. If uh, misery loves company, you have a lot of it because that's the way everybody feels. That's why people are moving out, not just thinking about it. Actually, as you say, taking action and doing it. And it's just a difficult thing to do, to be feel like you're being forced out. It's, it's horrendous. And uh, so, yeah, if things don't change, I mean, uh, in November, which we fully expect them to do, but if they don't, the depression turns into, uh, well, in our case, anyway, I guess action, like other people moving actually to other states, getting the blank out of this damn state because all hope is lost. All hope At is lost. At that point, yes. 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 I mean, maybe 2024, Trump gets back or DeSantis, whatever. But at that point, if 2022 is not a big win for us, it will feel like all hope is lost. And you talk about Joe Biden. A lot of us said, let's give him a chance. I certainly did. And uh, it turned out you were right from day one. You said early on he'd be the worst ever, and he has been the worst ever. Same thing with the mayor. Everybody keeps saying, even now, I still have people saying it's still too early. It's four or five months in. It's still too early. Give him a chance. He took over a decrepit city from Bill de Blasio. Stop it. This guy is a, is a failure and a phony. I remember I was sitting with uh, former chief of police Joe Esposito, who, by the way, is not, uh, doesn't hate Adams like you and I do. And we were sitting at uh, Jason Rivera's funeral, one of the two cops who were murdered in Harlem months and months ago. And uh, sitting about five rows in front of us, in the very front row, was Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul. And those two were kind of yucking it up and, and uh, giggling with each other and talking to each other. And I said to Joe, I said, you see this, Adams and Hochul? This is why I can never trust this guy. And then, of course, he comes out yesterday and endorses Kathy Hochul. So just in case you thought that Eric Adams was common sense, that Eric Adams didn't put politics first, anybody, anybody who endorses somebody like Kathy Hochul, if you expect him to name and shame Andrea Stewart-Cousins, Carl Heasty, Kathy Hochul, forget about it. Anybody who endorses Kathy Hochul plays politics before this city. Well, yes, uh, but uh, my question would be this. Who did you expect him to endorse? Nobody. Johnny I don't want to hear him. Tom Swazi. <laughs> you know, either, either way, he's, he's the, he, for practical purposes, he has to endorse Hochul. He has to work with her for, you know, up until the election. She's the likely uh, victor, uh, so he's going to have to work with her for four more years. So I guess he had to, but, uh, you know, the, the, in other words, the Democrat Party is just in shambles there's there's really nobody there to give you any hope nobody including eric adams the one 
who a lot of people did have hope for, uh, he's he's nothing either. He's uh, a, a pure disappointment. Just everything. He's a media whore. He's a party animal. Uh, that's all he cares about. Uh, so you know the, the Democrat. That's why we have to get. We have to win this election in yeah. November on the gubernatorial level. If if not only just to eliminate one party rule here in this state, just to give us a foothold yeah. into uh, making some, having some input into the to the decisions that are made in this state because, I mean, it's a disaster otherwise. I agree. Harry Wilson did get back to me yesterday, and uh, he loves you, by the way. He really does. He's very complimentary. He said, I disagree that my vote for Nikki Haley, to uh, Bernie's point, was a vote for Joe Biden. But then he went on to really say nice things about you on the show, how he respects us, and he does care about what we think and what we say. So I'm going to have lunch with Harry tomorrow. I'm going to have lunch with Rob Astorino on Monday, then go from lunch with Rob to a, uh, an event for Lee Zeldin at the Capitol Grill Monday afternoon. So I'm continuing to uh, check out the rest of the candidates, all four of them talking about this gubernatorial election, because uh, you and I are treating this thing very seriously. We have from the very, very beginning. We've been knee-deep in this thing. And I think for both of us, while you like Astorino and I like Giuliani, I think we're both still trying to figure out exactly for sure if we've got the right guy leading up to this big day, which is now less than two weeks away, coming up Tuesday, Bernard, June 28th. Yeah, we have no uh, specific hard deadline to change our minds. We could change our minds up to, uh, you know, the day before the election. My choice is Rob Astorino, and I think it will be the day before the election as well. But anything could happen. I mean, uh, Andrew continues to impress. Uh, you know, I mean, the other two, uh, not so much, I got to tell you. Well, especially Lee Zeldin has fallen out of favor. Uh, the performance at the debate the other night, just not good. Not good at all. And uh, so anyway, I'm going to stick with Astorino for yeah. now. I don't see myself changing, but it is possible. I leave open that that hope, that yep. possibility, not that hope, that possibility that it could change my mind. If Zeldin heard you say that just now, Bernie, that uh, had a bad debate Monday, he would say, what do you want from me? I was ganged up all night. It was three on one all night long. At some point, I have to defend myself. That's what he would say. And, of course, um, I was critical of him right off the bat for starting the debate by calling Harry Wilson a never-Trumper. That's not the way you start if, in fact, you're the front runner. You start worrying about the state, the city, not uh, Harry Wilson. And that's how Lee Zeldin started the debate. And I thought from there on in it was going to be a long night. But on a positive note, I'm going to do something later on tonight, Bernie, I've not done all year. And that is, even though I'm a diehard, like you are, like you are, a diehard New York Mets fan, and the Mets' lead now has dwindled to just four games over the Braves because Atlanta has now won 14 straight baseball games, the longest win streak for defending champ, according to Phil, since uh, we started this era back in 1961. But I am heading tonight with my beautiful wife, Danielle, and Jen Delandro, our awesome Botox lady from Dolce, to Yankee Stadium. We'll check out the Yankees and the Rays later on tonight and the red-hot Aaron Judge. And, again, even though I'm a Met fan, not a Yankee fan, I must say I'm very excited. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's going to be a good night weather-wise, but that's uh, one hell of a long day, bro. I tell you. <laughs> that is brutal. Day. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think I would pass on it. I mean, no, no, no. I, gotta I would request an appearance fee, actually. <laughs> uh, you know, and I know nobody wants to give me an appearance fee, so that, that's, that would be just fine with me. Uh, but to go to a, a, a baseball game on a work day in the middle of a week. Or no, it's, week? it's the end of the week. Tomorrow's Friday. Uh, okay. Is, did you say it was tomorrow night or tonight? Tonight. Tonight. 
Right. So, okay. Well, so look, I got to get through one more show. Like on a Monday night, that becomes difficult. On a Thursday night, one more show tomorrow. And by the way, that's the end of my day. The day continues. Pete Morgan, our dear friend from Peerless Boilers, he's coming in this morning. He's going to drive me home after the show. Take a look at my boiler and uh, water tank back at my house. I'm going to have lunch with him somewhere in Rockaway later this afternoon, and then make my way to the Bronx to Yankee Stadium. So it's a a very long day, but it's all fun stuff. Pete Morgan, Jen, the Yankees, that's all good stuff. Well, uh, congratulations. I hope you enjoy it. I don't mean to take uh, the joy out of it, but uh, God bless you have more stamina than, well, than I do. I mean, I guess I could pull it off, but uh, I just wouldn't want to at this point. But that's me. Anyway, you enjoy it. It is the best team in baseball. It is Yankee Stadium. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous, and it's uh, you know it's it's going to be a fun night. I predict that you're gone by the eighth inning. Oh no, maybe before that. I don't think I'll make it to the eighth <laughs> inning. I mean, we're staying. It's it's in a box, so you get food and you get drinks, and they're going to treat us like royalty. But I'm gone before the eighth. And again, Mark Beinsand, who covered the Yankees for 17 years for the New York Daily News, he's got a new book out about the Yankees, talking about Bernie Williams and Mike Mussina, Derek Jeter, that whole crew. Up to this crew right now, what it's like with Hal Steinbrenner running the Yankees and not George Steinbrenner. He will join us coming up at 7.40. 8.40, the highlight of the week, the great Bill O'Reilly. And coming up at 9.05, Fox News anchor Pete Hegseth. He's got a new book out. He'll join us at 9.05. So three great guests today. you got Liddy Reports coming up at 8.25. Pete Bernie comes your way at 9.40. The number, as always, is 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Already off to a great start. This is the Thursday edition of Bernie and Sid. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Now, this is a good song. We throw at least one away. What they do. Walk the streets every year. Trying to find a new career. career. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Who is the? Who are the, those people? Uh, Lou Ruffino. The What's band their name? is Taver- Tavares. Tavares. That's right. right. They were good. That's good. a that, that, great th- song. Those are seventies people, right there. They right? actually did uh, the same song as the Bee Gees did in Saturday Night Fever, one of the uh, the major hits. But the Tavares hit was even bigger than the Bee Gees hit from that movie. I think it's Heaven Must Be Missing an nope. Angel. Or? Nope. Uh, that burn, would be Donna Summer. Something's Burning Down. Uh, no, something, something no, like no, 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 no. That's Disco Inferno. That's not them. Uh, look it up. It, it was one of the major hits. After Staying Alive and Night Fever, it was like the third biggest hit. And both Tavares and the Bee Gees did the same version. But Tavares was the one who got the, um, the huge play here in New York. Okay. Uh, uh, so anyway, Lou's going to look that up. In the meantime, while well, you and I were talking oh, about okay. the, what is it? More than a woman. More than a woman. Very good, I didn't Lewis. Know they sang that. More wow. than a woman. More like, than a woman to me. That's Tavares. I don't Tavares. think you can steal uh, the Bee Gees song. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't they, think, uh, it was Tavares who had the uh, the play here in New York, not the Bee Gees for that song. They did it originally, you say? I think they both did it at the same time for the movie. Okay, believe well, it or not. 
I'm going to hire a detective to figure all this <laughs> yeah, out. Really Who stole what I, from who? I've got to question this, like, what he's talking about. Yeah, what's going on? I'm yeah. questioning it. All right, listen, this is, uh, this is, you want some encouraging uh, words? Well, uh, in New York State, of course, you mentioned uh, Eric Adams endorsed Kathy Hochul. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, Sean Hannity, he was talking about the, 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 the elections in general coming up in November, and he was doing it with, with the backdrop of that election down in Texas where that Mexican woman, she was born in Mexico, her name is Myra Flores. She won a special election over a Democrat, which she wasn't supposed to win. Uh, it, what, uh, it's been Democrat for 150 years, and she won it. And, again, uh, it was a special election. She's going to have to run again in November. But uh, the numbers were very, very encouraging. And just the fact that she won. Either way, this uh, prompted Sean Hannity to say the following, and it involves New York, which is why I'm playing it. Cut 34. Please, Louie. Now, if I were leading the Republican effort for the midterms, I would try to put every race in every state in play. Yeah, I'd even put the New York governor's race in play. How do you like that? You, you, you know, a lot of people blowing off uh, any chance for Republicans to win in New York State. Not you and I. No. We are, we, we're not blowing it off. But a lot of people were and are. Not Sean Hannity either. He's reading the tea leaves. He has, uh, you know, this guy has an extensive operation, polling, et cetera, et cetera. So, yes, we do have a shot. We just have to play our cards right and pick the most electable candidate. Electable, not the, the the person we like best or whatever, who has uh, you know served in Iraq or whatever that is, which at which is very very admirable, but we have to pick the one who's electable. That's my uh, that's uh, my uh, two cents on this gubernatorial race. And don't forget, people I think forget because he's so popular around the country and not so popular here on radio. That's an absolute fact. In fact, he takes a beating here locally on radio. But Sean Hannity does live in New York. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And he cares about it. He's a Long Island guy. He cares about New York. And so New York is in play. Uh, but by the way, on the endorsement from Eric Adams uh, to Kathy Hochul, just, you know, for laughs, let's listen to uh, Eric Adams. Cut 35. Let's put Kathy Hochul back into the governor's mansion. I strongly <laughs> endorse her as the governor. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, God. Let's put Kathy Hochul. I don't think so, Eric. And then Hochul said this. This will be cut 39, Loon. Cut 39, Kathy Hochul. Go. The mayor entered his office just like I did at a time when people were thirsting for someone to just tell them they're going to be okay. <laughs> well, well, shut up. I mean, the, first of all, he did not enter the way you did. This uh, louse, Eric Adams, was actually voted in. You just took over because Andrew Cuomo is, yeah. uh, is a criminal. But, uh, yes, you both have a lot in common, which is you are both dismal failures at your job. Both of you. Both. And, and Andrew Cuomo picked her because she would not shine. She would be some wallflower in the background. And that's what she was uh, during his, you know, his tenure and her tenure with him. She was just a nothing. And then, of course, the smug thug was uh, dethroned. She was thrust up into the top and exposed as the incompetent uh, you know, just the, the, the platitude, the spewing uh, weakling that she is. Uh, that's Kathy Hochul. Anyway, you had that. But now this uh, other lady, this Myra Flores, the down in Texas, this was huge. This was a political earthquake is what it was. Uh, listen to Myra Flores' campaign ad down in Texas. Uh, cut one, Lou, please. To many, the borders of our politics. But for me, 
It's about my life. I'm Myra Flores. I was born in Burgos, Tamaulipas, Mexico. Now I am living my American dream. But liberal policies from Washington are tearing our community apart. As a wife of a Border Patrol agent, I pray for his safety now more than ever. I'm Myra Flores, and I approve this message because we must secure our borders and keep our families safe. Latinos for Trump. Listen, Trump, uh, excuse me, for, uh, well, for Trump, for Republicans. Uh, but uh, the Joe Biden has a 24 percent. Listen to this. 24 percent approval rating with Latinos. 24 percent. He had they don't they hate his guts and, and they hate the Democrats guts because, again, as I've been saying forever, they're Latinos, Hispanics, they're natural Republicans. Here again is Myra Flores explaining her victory uh, just from last night. Cut number two, please, Lil. I feel like the Democrat Party has walked away from the Hispanic community. They've gone so far left, and they don't represent our values. People always ask me, Myra, how can you be a Republican whenever you were born in Mexico? And that's that clearly shows me that they know nothing about our culture. I was raised with strong conservative values. We're all about faith and family and hard work. That's who we are. So our values do really align with the Republican Party. But I do feel that, you know, for a long time prior to 2020, no one was really paying attention to the Hispanic community. And I'm grateful that finally the Republican Party is investing in the Hispanic community because we are the future. But the Democrat Party has completely abandoned us and taken us for granted. They feel entitled to our vote, and they feel they don't really have to work for it. And what we're showing now is that, yes, you do have to work to earn our vote, and that's why we won this special election. you damn snappy. There she is, Myra Flores, the woman of the week. Uh, and by the way, she is the brother, sister-in-law, excuse me, of Wilmer Flores. Is that right? Uh, former New York Met. No. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. no, not, not true at all. <laughs> Good but, delivery, though. Uh, yeah, I actually funny. believed it for a second time. You would have gone Brian Yo, Flores, wow. the former Dolphins coach. You would have lost me on that one. But Wilmer Flores, I actually bought. That could have, uh, yeah, could have been the case. Right. right? <laughs> he, well, he plays for the Dodgers now, doesn't he? Uh, or yes. Some, he went to Milwaukee. West. I think he's out west now. And uh, yeah, yeah. he was the guy that when uh, the Mets uh, initially traded him to Milwaukee, started to cry. Yes. yes. Yeah. You can't. You can't cry, bro. What did you? And then, by the way, they kept him. They kept him. Yes. They kept him after yeah. that. Now, listen. I've been saying, as you you know, Sid uh, and everybody else, Lou, everybody, that Joe Biden is the one man who could turn around gas prices. It could lower them overnight, and, and inflation as well, because it all stems from the energy sector, that and spending. But really, the energy sector is, is the big thing, the one that he can really control now, because you can't, you can't stop what you've already spent. I mean, you spent it already, and, and it's, the damage is done there. But this guy, Kevin O'Leary, you know who Kevin O'Leary is, right? The guy from uh, Shark Tank? Very good, Sid Rosenberg. Yeah. He's a jerk-off. He's a jerk-off. Well, he may be a jerk-off, but he's a smart guy. <laughs> he may be. Very smart Although guy. Wilma Flores is on the Giants, but go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, listen to this. Uh, he, this it's Kevin O'Leary was on CNBC yesterday and talking about uh, oh, turning things around overnight with just by words, by just saying that you're going to do things. Uh, Kevin O'Leary said this. He was being interviewed on CNBC, Cut 15, Louis, go. The economy, the market, they're not, it's not going to be able to recover unless we see some relief and relief that we can believe is a long-term solution for oil. Here's how you fix that problem. It was a policy mistake by Biden when he came in. You reversed the mistake. All you have to do is jawbone. The oil market's a futures market. 
just announced you're going to license three new refineries on the East Coast. Also announced we're going to re-examine the, the, the XL pipeline. We're going to give back the leases in Anwar. We're going to give more carbon direction to understand what the costs are. All of those policy mistakes could be reversed by just getting up and jawboning it. You could take oil down below 100 bucks if you got more accommodative towards the future production. Yeah. Now, Biden may not do that. That's on him. All you have to do is jawbone it. In other words, talk about it. Just say you're going to do it, and the markets will react accordingly. And it's true. It's a fact. Joe, Instead of going to Saudi Arabia and begging them to produce more oil, just do it here. And not only would you uh, reduce the price of oil, et cetera, et cetera, gas and groceries, you would put people to work. You would put so many people to work right here. But they don't want to do that. Why? Because they're involved, engaged, as Monica Crowley says, in a co controlled demolition of the economy and of the country. They hate this country. The, uh, the, the, the green, uh, the, the zealots, on, on the green New Deal zealots, they wouldn't have any of this crap. They would be st stamping their feet. AOC would be uh, uh, on Wolf Blitzer trashing uh, old man, the old fart Joe Biden. That's what she would be saying. Speaking of which, Joe Biden in 2019, uh, we'll forget 2019. Let's go with uh, Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden in uh, 2019. Now, forget about it. Never mind. Uh, let's go with Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis was endorsed by Elon Musk. He, Elon Musk was saying, I would like to see Ron DeSantis run in 2024. He'd be my choice. I would vote for him. That's what Elon Musk said. Ron DeSantis, in response, and this is Cut 33, he said this. Please play Cut 33, Louis. So what I would say, um, you know, I'm focused on 2022, uh, but with Elon Musk, what I would say is, you know, I welcome support from African-Americans. What can I say? <laughs> it's true. That's true. How That's funny. Like that? By the way, Elon Musk, I, I know a lot of the folks uh, may not know this, but the first time he ever voted Republican in his whole life was this race Bernie are talking about in Texas for Flores. And, in fact, if he does vote for DeSantis, if DeSantis runs in 2024, last time, who did Elon Musk vote for? Andrew Yang. Uh, well, you know what? That's reasonable. I, 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 for a while there, I liked Andrew Yang as well. He represented, you know, something different. And I still like Andrew Yang. But uh... <laughs> He went off on you and I, bro. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. During the mayor that. run, he's, he was yelling at Curtis Lee. No, I remember the whole the exchange that we went through. I do, but uh, for a while there, he was the reasonable candidate, the yeah. outside guy, and uh, so anyway, Elon Musk voted for him. He didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. I like that. Uh, so either way, uh, Ron DeSantis pissing off a lot of people. They don't like when that's an old joke, by the way, referring to Elon Musk as African American. But the fact that Ron DeSantis actually said it is, great. is hilarious. He's, he's sticking it to them, and I love it. Uh, right now, traffic and sports is coming up next. But it, it is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. And it would be, who is it this time, Louie? It is Dominic Carter. Uh, Dominic Carter. He's on at midnight, so Monday through Friday. Dominic Carter. He is terrific. Take a listen to this. Each used AR-15 style semi-automatic rifles. And I do not want to take your guns. But weapons of war have no place in civilized society unless under use by the military or police organizations. I really want you to think about this. In Texas, you can't buy a drink 
until you're 21 years of age, but you can own a gun at 18? Come on. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Making my way to the Bronx tonight to watch the best team in Major League Baseball. In fact, Mark Beinsand has a new book about the Yankees. He'll join us at 740 this morning. The Yankees win again. They're now 30 games over 500 after 62 efforts. They win last night. They uh, now won 13 of 14, beat Tampa Bay 4-3. to Two more home runs for the Yankees last night. And, of course, all rise. The 3-2. Driven out to right center field. Will go back on the track at the wall. See ya. Home run. Aaron Judge. His 25th. And it's a 1 0 Yankee lead. My buddy Michael Kay, yes, network. I spoke to Michael yesterday, number 25 for Aaron Judge. And again, the Yankees lead now over Toronto is nine atop the AL East. The Mets, they did not win last night. They got blown out 10 to 2. Corbin Burns and Milwaukee shut him down. Don't look now, but here comes the Braves. The Mets, still a pretty good record, 41 and 23. Their lead down to four games atop the NL East. Atlanta won their 14th consecutive baseball game yesterday. So we've got a race inside the NL East. NHL. Stanley Cup Finals game one last night Colorado skated past Tampa Bay 4-3 in overtime later on tonight the Golden State Warriors with a road win would wrap up their fourth NBA championship under Steve Kerr that series 3-2 Golden State game six in Boston later on tonight and this morning they are teeing off in Massachusetts including Phil Mickelson it is the U.S. Open Rory McIlroy is your favorite Sports brought to you by the great Pete Morgan here in studio on Peerless Boilers. Check them out, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. The great Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840 this morning with sports. I'm Sid. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Human at 644 on your Thursday morning as we speak. Our fearless leader, our boss, dear friend, host, of course, Catch at Night, 5 o'clock weekdays on the Cats Roundtable, 8 a.m. Sunday mornings. The great John Katsimatidis sitting there on Fox and Friends on Fox News right now. Here's what it reads. Biden goes after oil refiners and gas price panic 
And, of course, John not only owns WABC, Gristidis, D'Agostinos, but he's in the oil business in a very, very, very big way, knows what he's talking about. So he is on Fox News, as me and Bernie are doing this radio show, explaining to Brian Kilmeade, who works here, of course, also, after me and Bernie at 10 o'clock every weekday morning, about how Biden can fix this because uh, Biden did, in fact, go after the oil refiners yesterday. And we know, of course, it's, uh, it's not their fault. Of course, it's his fault. Are you kidding me? It's a, he's pointing the finger uh, everywhere at everybody, including including Putin. Putin's price hike. You just really do want to punch him in the face when when you hear him say that, <laughs> and other people as well. Even even when Karine Jean Pierre, is, and, you know, as cute and as as adorable as she is, when she says Putin's price hike, you want to punch her in the face too. You don't do it, but you feel it. That's a, your visceral reaction is to want to do that. And uh, yeah, so it's all his fault. Everything is his fault. He caused the whole damn thing, and he continues to uh, exacerbate it with his policies as well by not reauthorizing, say, the uh, pipeline. And now he's going to go begging to to these despotic governments overseas to, to, to ramp up oil production, which, by the way, their oil is dirty oil. And ours is clean. And ours, if we, we, we ramped up our production, we would put people back to work at the risk of repetition. I said it before, but it's true. So, yeah, go John Katzmatidis. John, uh, again, uh, on Fox News, and uh, that segment just ended. We do have, Bernie, a very nice guest list today. Mark Feinsand, MLB.com, has a new book out on the New York Yankees. I'll be there tonight. Yankees and Rays will join us at 740. Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. And then again, uh, Pete Hegseth talking about Fox and Friends and Fox News. He's got a new book out. He'll join us at 905. But right now, sitting to my left, a dear, dear friend of both of ours, and he's uh, actually driving me home today. No ferry today, which is good because there's no sunshine. He's driving me home today to take a good look at my boiler and water tank. You've been through this already with this guy, Bernie. The great Pete Morgan sitting next to my left. Wow. Good morning, Peter. Morning, guys. How are you? How are you? Good. So, so you've done this with Bernie. I remember years ago, Bernie was doing your stuff on Imus' show, and he'd be like, wow. Pete Morgan got me my boiler, and uh, Fat Rob Bartlett, he got his boiler through Pete Morgan, too. So I'm like, hey, wait a second. If the whole damn I'm a show got boilers through Pete Morgan, I just bought a house, you'll get me a new boiler, right? Uh, well, we'll see what you have But then you, you told this nonsense about some installation thing and all that. What is that all about? John Katzimatidis? Are you nuts? I'm not nuts, That's John. on you. You've got to figure that out. Oh, that's on me. Yes. Jesus, listen to this, Lou. <laughs> I mean, here, here, well, he, are you shocked? Not, not at all. <laughs> the guy comes in. He's going to drive you home. He's going to take a look. Right. And you, you're yeah. making demands? Yes. Yes, that's exactly him. Jeez. Can, you, can you see if I sent one of my guys? To, I was telling Lou earlier. If I sent one of my people over yeah. to, to do a little, you know, look-see. I'm not going to let him in. <laughs> not going to let him in. And then the ADHD will kick in, and, and it'll be a, an absolute disaster. <laughs> so I yeah. don't need the aggravation. <laughs> right. You know, but, well, wait a second. When you put Bernie's boiler in, for example, let me talk to Bernie. Bernie, when Pete put your boiler in, as far as I know, he set you up. It's all beautiful. It was, of course, it was my boiler. My former boiler was ruined by Hurricane Sandy. Right, right. And it, it was in the wake. Of, my house was, you know, almost destroyed because of Hurricane Sandy. No, we remember you were you were sitting on and, the roof for it, a couple it, of it, days. Right, exactly. It was in, <laughs> just to, just to, to some perspective. It was in the wake of that. That the generous, the benevolent, really nice guy, Pete Morgan, stepped yeah. up and said, I'm going to replace your boiler. Yeah, no, he's very nice. I'm not arguing. But did he make you go find an installer or that type of thing? Or did he just come over, say what you needed, and the next thing you know, you had a brand new boiler in your house? 
Uh, well, no, well, he 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 got the boiler stuff done, but uh, uh, okay. he doesn't do everything. That you have to you have to hire uh, you know so, some people, uh, local contractors, <laughs> like drive you home. Yeah, yeah, you got to hire some people. I mean, he doesn't. It's yeah. not a uh, all around. You got to get local guys to come and service it. I mean, oh boy, you know he he's 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 the CEO of the damn company for God's sakes. <laughs> You know, I mean, he's not going to get the get down in, with, with the with the, with the crack of his ass showing. He's not, and, and a wrench. So you wait know. a second. So, I mean, if Bernie's right, why are you coming over today? Then maybe today you will see the crack of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, bro. You can't never tell. You never, bro. Oh my God! So Keep what, hope alive. So what can I expect? You're going to walk into my boiler room today with the uh, I have a water heater, and what can I expect? Well, you're going to just say this is what you need. That's what you need, and then have to call somebody else. Basically, I, I don't know what you have because I asked you to take pictures, right? Well, Danielle took the pictures. You took the pictures. No, she did. She did? Yes, she sent you 18 pictures. No, she sent two. Oh, what? no, no, no. Ho- hold on. It came from your phone. Right. So you sent two. She took 18, you sent two. This is typical <laughs> Sid. It's the new math. Yeah, exactly. So I have no idea what you have. Right. And we'll see what you have. And uh, why we'll, don't we'll you make guys, it work. Why don't you guys have humidifiers? I don't understand. Oh, Bernie lives by the beach. I live by the beach. Lewis lives by the beach. These houses collect a ton of water yeah. every day. Why doesn't PLS make a decent humidifier? You mean dehumidifier. Yes, dehumidifier. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Bernard. Yes. The exact opposite. Right. <laughs> You're exactly right. Exactly. Why don't you make a decent dehumidifier? That's, I don't understand. That's not what we manufacture. We manufacture... Cast iron boilers, right? High high efficiency condensing boilers, right? Water heaters, indirect water heaters, and tankless water heaters. That's it, pretty much. Yeah. So, what if I? Uh, is there any chance in the future you guys can make a dehumidifier? No, no chance. Okay. Unless no we chance. buy a company that does that, <laughs> which you know is always possible. Right. But you know, our lives at Peerless don't sir, you know, kind of circle around what Sid needs today. They don't. No, I know. Okay. Hard to believe no, that. Shocking isn't? news. Yeah. Can you imagine? Listen, as, as great a mood as Pete Morgan, you always is. Yeah. Came in here. And no, no, he's saw, miserable. I can I tell. I know. I know. He was like, he's like, I got bagels. You want to come to the Met game with me on Monday, Sid? And now I'm like badgering the poor guy. He's just no, 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 no. No good deed goes unpunished. That's right, Bernie. You tell him. That's Listen, what I got ahead yeah. of me today. This yeah. is. This is. Yeah. I feel like uh, it's. I'm going for my first confession as a little guy, right? <laughs> You're scared to death. Yeah. I'm going into this box with the priest. God knows what's going to happen. Yeah. And now I'm driving back to friggin' Bell Harbor with Sid today. Don't worry oh, about yeah, it. You've got yeah, bigger yeah, problems. Yeah. You live in that state with that. I saw Phil Murphy speak yesterday. Oh, he's a mutt. <laughs> he's a mutt. I like that. Yeah, he is no, a mutt. He's, he's God, he's brutal. God, and your state's in big trouble. You know, we talk about our state all the time on this show, me and Bernie and Lewis talking about Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul and the four guys running for governor. But you guys have all kinds of issues in New Jersey, all kinds of issues. Yeah. You do. don't worry about it because you live with all the rich Jewish people in Ridgewood, so you have a nice life. Look, I am. <laughs> I don't. Look, 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 I am. That's right. So. <laughs> at, least, at least you got that straight now. Exactly. I'm t- so I'm, I, the other night during the, the New York gubernatorial, yeah. within five minutes, I'm like, this is a joke. I texted you and said, these two guys are, are, are kidding me here. Oh, Zeldin and Wilson. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. It's a yeah. couple of three-year-olds. I know, it's it terrible. Petty. Very petty. Really? ridiculous. I mean, for God's sakes. And uh, I said, that more, was it. It was out. You were the, so more importantly, have you gotten over the Rangers? Because no. you're, you're the biggest Ranger no. fan I know. You're the biggest Ranger fan I know. No, I'm but telling you. But we such a great season. It, it was, was unexpected great. they would get that far. Yeah, but you know what? You're up two games to none. And you're up 2 nothing. And you're up 2 in nothing in right. middle of the second period on the road. You win, and you, it's over. Right. And you give it back. It was yeah. terrible. Terrible. But look, it was a great run. Young team. Yeah. And last night, I, 
I came in the house. I took a quick dip in the pool and came in the house, and the, the final started last night. That's it. That's when you don't want to see. And my wife, so Mo <laughs> says to me, she's, I'm going to bed. I can't watch it because the Rangers are should be in it. I said, well, that's a good attitude. I like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you got she, so she, close. That's now right. You, now well, you well, Louie made the, the point, thing. don't forget, the last two years, uh, both New York hockey teams, the Islanders and the Rangers, lost in the Eastern Conference Finals to Tampa Bay. The last two years, New York had a chance for a Stanley Cup finalist. We came up short both times. Have you told Bernie that today, after you're done at my house, that you and I are going to his house for lunch? Have you told him that yet? No, but it's on you, you because you, you know, you're, you, you know, you, wait, wait, you know wait, where you go. Where are you going for lunch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, oh, Bernie, Bernie said, just leave Sid at home <laughs> well, wait a second. and stop by. But either, oh, way, to my house but either way, someone, it's either Peter or me and Peter, but someone has come over to your house today, so. Okay, listen, uh, well, I will tell the dogs, the vicious, <laughs> my vicious dogs to, uh, uh, I'll put them at bay, but uh, <laughs> you, you're, you're both welcome to come. You want to come today? Come on over. Let's Bernie, have lunch. Bernie's like, wait, who, what's going what, on what? for lunch yeah, today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my house? <laughs> my house. Hey, listen, the fact is, as you know, Sid's a bit of a pussy, and he, he's afraid to see you. I am. He is. I'm nervous, <laughs> I, and I don't want to get him sick. And, and every, I don't time, wanna... every time you text me a picture, Bernie... I am uplifted. He hasn't, you know, oh, Bernie, see, Bernie yes. has not texted me a picture in months. The last well, picture I saw of Bernard, he was laying in a hospital bed back well, in January. Well, that's, that's what I did with Pete. It yeah. was the same thing. It was, oh, okay. uh, it was a picture of me getting chemo. Getting chemo. Oh, right. And, and, and by the way, I don't look that bad. You look great. I, yeah, thank you. I look, I do. I look fine. I lost a lot of weight, but sure. you can't tell what, what, if I'm wearing a shirt. Right. I mean, I, I you know, f- from the neck up, I, I, I look no different whatsoever. You look exactly the same. That's exactly yep. right. You look, put, you look great. Well, that's a good thing. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. On a serious note, it's great to see you, and thank you for helping me and Danielle out today. We do appreciate it. We do love you. Uh, three big guests coming up today, plus Lydia Reports and Pete Bernie. Pete Morgan live in studio. Off to a tremendous start. It's only going to get better. This is the Thursday edition of Bernie and Sid. We're doing it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. More Than a Woman, BG's Saturday Night Fever soundtrack at 6.58, wrapping up hour number one. Got a lot of text on that last segment. People really enjoyed it. That is funny radio. Yucks in the morning, as the Iron Man used to say. By the way, I did go to the beach yesterday. Uh, evidence, of course, by the pictures of my beautiful wife, Danielle, sitting in the lifeguard seat. There's no pictures of me. I did go to the beach, uh, but uh, it remains a secret, Bernard McGurk, as to whether or not I made my way 12 blocks away to the naked beach, which I know Bill O'Reilly can't wait to talk about today because he was listening yesterday when you and I brought that up. So I have not told anybody yet. I've not posted any pictures yet. I was on the beach. That's all I'll say. Well, I will uh, deduce that you did not go because if you did, uh, you would have posted a picture. Uh, Well, Danielle gets very upset when I post any pictures, even topless, let alone completely naked. Very upset. Uh, well, listen, uh, just go soon. Just do it. You know, do it for the show. Do it for the show. All right, maybe take I'll take Pete the Morgan team. there today. Pete, will you get naked on the beach with me today? Sure. 
<laughs> after you see the bu- after you see the butt crack in your boiler room, <laughs> what's what's what, what's a little bit longer? It'll be the easiest part of his day. That's right. Basically. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. Imagine Pete and Sid walking down, the <laughs> walking along the shore, uh, together, hey, nude, can't, hey, hand can't, in hand. It can't be any worse oh than Barack God. Obama and Chris Christie. That is the worst beach photo I've ever seen. Walking hand in hand down the shore in New Jersey. No. Oh uh, yeah, it could be worse. Really? Me. Then yeah, Obama could, and they, Chris they, Christie? They could be nude. Oh, that's true. Oh, oh right, that's right. <laughs> like you and Pete. Good point. Excellent point. All right, that was a fun hour number one. Lots of work to do. Obviously, we hit some big stories already. The oil refineries, Eric Adams endorsing Kathy Hochul, uh, the win for Flores down in Texas. But lots more to do and three more great guests. Keep it right here Thursday morning with the number one duo in New York City. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. (laughs) Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Whenever I see your your smiling face, face, I have to smile myself. Yes, I do. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM. James Taylor. Uh, this guy, uh, former heroin addict. I mean, um, he, 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 he kicked the habit. That's not an easy thing. He did it, and uh, you might hate his guts because he's a flaming lib. But uh, that's quite the accomplishment, and I'll give him props for that. He's also a great, great, great singer. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, and of course he had that uh, long relationship with Carly Simon that was uh, very, very... um, Yeah, she's overrated. You don't like her, huh? Way overrated. She thinks you're very vain, by the way, Byrne. (laughs) She she told us as much when we interviewed her on the program. Oh, that's right. Back in the day, you you forgot about that. I did. She wrote that little book and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wasn't bad, though. She was okay. No, she was very friendly. She really was. But uh, as far as being, you know, hooked up with her, eh, whatever. Anyway, I'll, I'll dummy up here. Oh, you mean physically overrated. I agree with you. you yeah, mean, in I, terms of hot, she ain't all that hot. Right, right. 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 And who, right. who am I to judge? I should just shut up. Shut your mouth. God, no, listen, keep going. I like when you, when you do that type of stuff. Yeah, I love that. I love See, that. that's the reaction that most people have. Uh, yeah. uh, what Lou just well, said, listen to these two. Well, because uh, I love Carly Simon. Oh, okay. He's talking about the way she looks physically. Okay, fine. Not but, the way she sings. She's know, not hot. She was hot. Oh, God, no. God, uh, Lewis. No, no, I agree with Sid. But uh, either way, listen, okay. a woman I want to talk about, that, that is the Congresswoman-elect Myra Flores. No, she's she, hot. She <laughs> is the J-Lo of politics. Uh, she is the hero of the week. She's the first uh, uh, victor in this red wave that's coming up in November, although she will have to run again in November. Uh, this will only last until then, a five-month uh, run. But she won by a lot, you know, by like five or six points. One wasn't expected to win. Uh, so anyway, Myra Flores, we'll get to her. We'll get to uh, also CNN's shift to the center. And more on Eric Adams endorsing Kathy Hochul yesterday. It was a complete and total joke. But the imbecile, the imbecile in chief, this guy is such a punk. I mean, he's such a lowlife, such a, such a scumbag. I got to tell you, this Joe Biden. These Border Patrol agents who were accused of whipping Haitians. They were totally cleared of, of whipping Haitians. It did not happen. They were cleared by the Department of Justice, and you would think that would be the end of the case, right? That's it. Go back to your jobs and, uh, 
and an apology. Well, that didn't happen. You actually had, believe it or not, uh, th- they were prejudged by these mutts, by, by uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Take a listen to this. Cut five, Lou, please. Cut five. Human beings should not be treated that way. And as we all know, it also evoked images of some of the worst moments of our history, where that kind of our behavior history. has been used against the indigenous people of our country, has been used against African Americans during times of slavery. It was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treated like they did, horses really running them over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you, those people will pay. Now, he said that before any facts were known, before any facts were known. They, I promise you these people were, w- will pay. Uh, he prejudged them. He, he denied them due process, convicted them right there. That was like one day after it happened. Just a disgusting display by the, our, our, our purported two leaders there. Uh, in any case, the upshot of the whole thing is they're going to be disciplined for administrative reasons. Administrative reasons. They found something to, to cover their asses and to justify their their ridiculous, disgusting remarks, their smears against the Border Patrol agents. Uh, they're going to punish them for administrative. They may get fired uh, for administrative reasons. Uh, just uh, This is third world banana republic crap is what it is, and they will not admit a mistake. They just won't. I hate them. I hate all of them. Uh, and Biden in, in Philly the other day, He's angry. Cut 16. Uh, please play that or cut 10, whatever it is. Play that clip, Lou. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. They're changing people's lives. Oh, you're not, you idiot. You're making lives worse. Yeah, you're changing them for the worst. He, so he's angry. Blank you. I'm angry. I'm, I, I'm angry at you. We're angry at you, you punk. You jerk. Uh, and yet yesterday, with all these uh, the oil prices going on, the, the supply chain uh, uh, problems, the border problems, crime, all that stuff, what was Joe Biden doing yesterday? Well, cut eight, please, Joe Biden at the White House yesterday. Pride is back at the White House. Pride is back. From day one. From day one, this has been the most pro-equality administration in history, led by guys like Pete Buttigieg. I think we have Who? more LGBTQ plus people than any administration or every administration combined. Yeah. yeah. We have more gays and lesbians than uh, any other administration ever. Gays, lesbians, and uh, all kinds of uh, sexual uh, anomalies here or whatever the hell it is. Uh, so what? Shut up. Fix the price. Fix the inflation. It's just infuriating, this pride thing. I mean, it's like, like, what is it now, June, uh, what is it, 15th, 16th already? 16th. For, for God's sake. We're about going, halfway through this. It's going on for two weeks now. Too enough. much. It's enough. Fix the problems, you idiot. And, yeah. and Joe Biden back in January, listen to this, back in January, he's bragging about the stock market rising back in January. Listen to this, cut nine, go. The stock market, the last guy's measure of everything, is about 20% higher than it was when my predecessor was there. It has hit record after record after record on my watch. Well, guess what? <laughs> all of those gains, they've all been wiped out. Yeah, kind of like that uh, comment after a tweet. That didn't age well. No, that's exactly <laughs> right. They've all disappeared. All those gains he was talking about that, yeah, my predecessor, 20%. They're gone. There's no 20%. Now you're on an even par with when uh, you took office with Trump. 
you jerk, you schmuck, is what you are. And what does he do? He blames everybody else for his problems. Blames Putin. Putin's price hike. And now, he, as you you alluded to before, he's blaming the oil companies. He actually sent a letter. Sent a letter to the oil companies. Like, what is this, 1952? You're sending letters? I mean, give me a break. Anyway, he sent them a letter, and uh, he sa- he's accusing them of price gouging. He was the one who uh, uh, scuttled the whole energy sector in this country, uh, causing them to cut back because of what he was doing, and now he's blaming them. So uh, on CNBC yesterday, this guy Joe Kernan, this guy's another outspoken. He's funny. He's good. He's loud. And he was talking about this. Uh, he was reacting to this letter that Biden sent to the oil companies. Cut 12, Joe Kernan on CNBC regarding this letter from Biden to the oil companies. Go, Lou. Here's the final two lines of the letter. Vladimir Putin's price hike, which price hike are both capitalized. I'm not sure why, but Vladimir Putin's price hike, all caps, are driving up costs for consumers. I appreciate your immediate attention to this issue and your efforts to mitigate the economic challenges that Vladimir Putin's actions have created for American families. So Putin's mentioned five times, I think. There's your last paragraph. Right. We'll see how the oil and gas companies respond. This is pure demagoguery. It's, it's not going to help the issue. It's, it's getting your eye off the real problems and the real problems. And this is uh, just on break telling Becky, I lived through the Carter years. Every day I, I get a stronger sense of deja vu. Absolutely right. In fact, a lot worse. I'm sorry. A lot worse than Jimmy Carter. And who, in your wildest dreams, could you imagine saying that uh, Joe Biden is uh, head and shoulders worse than Jimmy Carter? Well, it's analogous, if you will, to saying, could you, in your wildest dreams, could you ever imagine a less effective mayor than Bill de Blasio? And uh, Eric oh, yeah. Adams has That's been good. that. <laughs> uh, that works. You're exactly right. That is analogous. Uh, now, uh, uh, CNN, CNN and everybody else, they're starting to shift. They're starting to turn on Biden. It, he's indefensible anymore. He really is. And uh, this dude, uh, Chris Licht, remember him, Lou? Uh, Chris yes. Licht, Chris Licht, we know Chris Licht because uh, when uh, Mika and Joe did the, the midday show that w- you and I took over, uh, Mika and Joe did the midday show on 77 WABC. And they actually came in live, and Chris Licht came with them every day. He was their producer on TV and on the radio. So we knew him, and he's not a bad guy, but he's now the new boss at CNN. And he actually told uh, his talent there, he said, uh, don't re- refer to when Trump calls the 2020 uh, election rigged or whatever, stop using the phrase the big lie. Stop using it. Don't do it. So there, there is an active shift to the center at CNN led by Chris Licht, and uh, listen to this montage here. It's just three people. It's Van Jones and it's some other guy, and some other guy who's railing against Joe Biden, and it shocks the hell out of Anderson Cooper. Uh, this is cut uh, 21, Lou, please. Go. When he does badly, when he stumbles, you get nervous, and you wonder, is it just a stutter? Is he tired? Or something else there. There's no question that in some big ways, this administration, including the president and some of his closest economic advisors, uh, got inflation wrong. How does President Biden's performance rate? Awful. I mean, I, mean, I knew that was the answer. <laughs> the answer is awful. I mean, you know, I'll compare it to Carter at this point in his presidency, right? Look at the disapproval rating Joe Biden has on inflation right now. Wow. It's over 70 percent. Carter. Carter was not even there at this point. Wow. So, and you heard Anderson was like, what? What? Awful. Yeah, right, what? Right, right. right. So anyway, uh, there's a, a, a tangible shift uh, at CNN. 
to the center to uh, dumping on Biden, which they should. Again, he's he, you, you cannot defend what he's doing. And Don Lemon, he uh, slammed over the head uh, metaphorically this Corrine Jean-Pierre, who, who's a disaster in and of herself. And he explained why he did that. Somebody asked him, what are you doing, uh, Don Lemon? And he said on CNN this, the following, cut 20, Don Lemon, go little. First of all, I'm a journalist. That's my job is to ask questions. And as the person who represents the administration and the president, it's her job to answer those questions. He has trouble sometimes connecting and his answers sometimes don't make sense. And so I want to know as a journalist, as an American, does this president have the mental and physical stamina to run again as president of the United States? No. No, he doesn't. So (laughs) now all of a sudden, though, Don Lemon, he wants to be a journalist after all these years of being a a pundit uh, because I guess he's trying to keep his job because Chris Licht probably is looking to clean house with some of these uh, a corrupt, biased, uh, uh, you know, quote-unquote journalist that they have. Well, he did put two guys on blast on notice in the article I read over the weekend last weekend, and those two guys in particular, Fat Brian Stelter, who's a fat wife, Jamie works at New York One, and uh, your favorite, Jim Acosta. Those two guys were picked out, Stelter and Acosta, as two guys in particular that are in big trouble at CNN, and those are two of the worst Two of the worst journalists in the business. Yeah, well, hopefully it's them and others. But, uh, yeah, you're right about that. Now, listen, uh, I mentioned Myra Flores. She is the congresswoman-elect down in Texas. She's at, she, until she gets sworn in, she's the first in the uh, <coughs> the first victor <coughs> Excuse me, in this red wave. That's a coming in November, the first. And she's a Mex- Mexican-born uh, lady married to a Border Patrol agent. So anyway, it was a a stunning victory. Uh, I played some clips of her earlier. There's another woman running for Congress down in a border district. Her name is Monica Dela Cruz. And this woman, is is, she's great. She's very, very outspoken. She doesn't pull her punches. Uh, Cut number four, she explains, you know, Hispanic values and why, you know, the, the Latinos are moving from the Democrats to the Republicans. Cut number four, please, Lou. Look. Hispanics very simply want the opportunity to work. They're hard workers who love their family, who love the American dream, and who want law and order in their communities. Yeah, imagine those things. Imagine imagine Latinos. Uh, imagine anybody wanting those things. The Democrats provide none of it. It's all symbolism. It's Pride Month. We have more gays and lesbians and uh bisexual people and people who like to uh, suck toes than uh, any other administration in the history of the, of the country. Uh, no, they want the core issues, the, what the government's supposed to provide for you, which is what she just laid out there, Monica Dela Cruz down in Texas. Now, Eric Adams did endorse Kathy Hochul yesterday. It's a joke. I'm sure he hates it, her guts. He had to do it. I don't uh, think he does. Well, okay. Well, let's listen to him and opine on the other side of this. Cut 36, please, Lou. Some people think it is amazing that a mayor and the governor of New York can get along as well and do so much together. The governor and I, we're not surprised. What did they get done together? Bail reform? Did you you fix that? Did you fix the no case? No, No, both of you are failures. 
Uh, you have that in common. Yeah, but but he's right. They do get along because he caves into her. I mean, you remember um, here in the city that Rudy Giuliani and Governor Pataki did not get along. And then after 9-11, they came to the realization they need to get along to fix this city. And credit to both guys. At that point, Giuliani and Pataki became buddies and did a very good job. Cuomo and de Blasio hated each other. These two do like each other because they're, you know, they're, they're in step. When he goes to Albany and he gets the door shoved in his face, he doesn't come back and blast Kathy Hochul, he says nothing. So I think that, A, he does like her, and, B, while they are dismal failures, they do work together and have a lot of the same philosophies. Okay, well, let's listen to more Eric Adams from yesterday's endorsement of Kathy Hochul. Cut 37, please. Spoke with him over the weekend, and Jemani, I think, uh, serves a real role as a public public advocate. Uh, he brings a vision uh, to what he believes that office uh, should do, uh, but I believe that we're making the right decision. Uh, in, in endorsing Kathy Hochul as opposed oh, hold to— on, let me, Hold on a second. What is Jemani no. Williams' job? It's public advocate. And what is he supposed to do, specifically? Nothing. Nothing. No, his <laughs> real job—no, you're right, but his real job is to keep the mayor in check— the public advocate's job is to keep the mayor in check. Have you heard once, once since Eric Adams has taken over, any criticism levied at him from Jamani Williams? No, no. Okay, no. so he's not doing his job as public no. advocate. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, he's, he, he's totally irrelevant. No, nobody pays attention to him. That's why he's running for governor. He knows it's a failed effort, but it keeps him in the news. Uh, just quickly before we uh, wrap this up, Kathy Hochul on getting Eric Adams' endorsement. Cut 38, please. I said to the mayor, I will bring my team to work with your team, and together we'll do this. That has not happened before. That is the new day for New York. A new day for New York. And why is it that we have a governor here in New York and, and in New Jersey, two governors, two Irish governors with buck teeth? I mean, is, is that some sort of re- requirement? <laughs> uh, cut 39. Play one more clip of Kathy Hochul before we go. Go ahead. Play. Cut 39. The mayor entered his office just like I did at a time when people were thirsting for someone to just tell them they're going to be okay. Oh, oh, t- they were thirsting, and we got the right people. Yeah. Well, guess what? Crime has risen uh, like you couldn't believe, it, you know, 60%, 70%. So they were thirsting, and now they're, 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 they're parched. They don't have anything. <laughs> they got yeah. nothing in their mouths. There's no humidity in their mouth whatsoever. So these two failures are, you know, they're birds of a feather is what they are. And that that whole ceremony yesterday was embarrassing. And the state is embarrassing. And we're going to replace Hochul in November. As Sean Hannity said, New York is in play. And that's why we got to pick the right candidate in two weeks. Two weeks from uh, uh, this past Tuesday is when the uh, primary uh, goes down, the vote goes down. So it's very, very important. We're going to be laser-focused on this race here on the Bernie and Sid Show. In the meantime, we're going to speak to uh, the sports. He, he covers the Yankees, right, Mark Feinstein? No, he, he used to cover the Yankees exclusively 17 years for the New York Daily News, but he went to MLB.com, Bernie, and now he's one of their top guys. He covers the whole league, but, but he does have a brand-new book out specifically about the Yanks, everything from Hal Steinbrenner to Bernie Williams to uh, Mike Mussina. So he covers the whole league, but he is a Yankee guy at heart. And, you know, we, we've actually interviewed him before. He's a nice Many guy. Many times, yes. A, you know, smart guy. Yes. Also, we're going to speak to Big Bad Bill O'Reilly. It's Thursday, folks, and I want to hear what Bill O'Reilly has to say. I understand he's pissed off about a few things. He said so as much in his morning uh, report, which is coming up now on the Bernie and Sid Show. Keep it where it is, folks. 
Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, I am thinking the magazine Sports Illustrated has taken a sharp turn to the left, and that has cost the operation in the marketplace. The latest progressive screed from SI concerns Washington State High School football coach Joe Kennedy, who was tortured by school authorities for praying on the field after games. Some of his players voluntarily joined him. After leaving Bremerton High, Coach Kennedy sued in federal court, alleging his constitutional rights were violated. The Supreme Court began hearing the case this week. Sports Illustrated reporter Greg Bishop is following the situation and wrote this quote. The court will soon rule on the case of a public high school football coach who wants to pray on field after games. The machine backing him and the expected result will be a win for Kennedy and an erosion of a bedrock of American democracy, the separation of church and state. Well, it's actually sad Mr. Bishop does not understand that the phrase separation of church and state is not a bedrock. It's a talking point put forth by Thomas Jefferson and others. The Constitution is clear. Government cannot impose any kind of religion, and all Americans are free to worship as they please, even in public. So Joe Kennedy is likely to win the case because the Constitution is on his side. Sports Illustrated, however, is only on the secular side. Like ESPN, it has seen many traditional fans walk away. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good. Great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, yes, another Yacht Rock Radio a classic. Robbie Dupree, Stale Away at 7.30 on your Thursday morning, MLB.com. Mark Feinstein coming up in about 10 minutes. New book about the Yankees. I'm on my way to Yankee Stadium later on tonight for game two of that three-game set against Tampa. It's raining right now in New York City. I hope the Yanks uh, will play tonight. Bill O'Reilly coming up at uh, 8.40. And then at 9.05, we'll talk to Fox News anchor Pete Hegseth. He's got a new book out, and quickly, my book, which you can buy right now, go to Amazon.com, Citizens United. I did have two people tweet about the book this week, which was very, very cool on my Twitter, at Sid Rosenberg. One, Bernie, being one of our favorite comedians, the great Jim Norton, sent out a very nice tweet about my book. Nice. And just yesterday, the man who killed Osama bin Laden, Robert O'Neill, 
sent out a nice tweet about my book yesterday as well. And Adam Carolla is set to join us in a couple of weeks. I'll be on his show, too. And he's, he's also written a book with the same publisher. Some big names out there tweeting about my book, which you can buy today, once again, Citizens United at Amazon.com. Well, that is huge, really. Uh, I mean, as far as assisting you in selling the book, going yeah. on Adam Carolla, for example, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Huge audience And Adam, is there. supposedly Adam is going to help out the opportunity for me to hop on Joe Rogan, too, so we'll see. Wow, look at that, look at that. Well, keep hope alive. I'm sure I'm sure it will happen. Hey, listen, uh, uh, I was talking about the shift to the center, and every, everybody's dumping on Biden. Uh, two people in particular who you would, I guess, not expect necessarily to dump on Biden at this time, but there's no loyalty. I mean, these people are all political animals and uh, all for themselves, selfish, narcissists is what they are. This is Barack and Michelle Obama. Uh, whining over the weekend, whining about how things are essentially under Joe Biden. Uh, go ahead, play that clip. Cut 22, Lou, please. On every continent, we are seeing Democratic backslide. I'd love to be able to tell you that everything is as it should be. To stand up here, clear my throat, and say the state of our democracy is strong. But you and I, we all know that I can't say that right now. Wow. I mean, that's the state of our democracy under Joe Biden. I mean, that is uh, those are some strong condemnations right there from two people who, again, entitled, snotty, uh, you know, snobs, uh, rich snobs who, who won't give back to their community. You know, they, they live out in, uh, you know, Martha's Vineyard in Hawaii while Chicago burns. Uh, so these I have no respect for these people whatsoever. Uh, is, but either way, uh, the, the the point of the uh, play in the clip is that they're unhappy. The state of our democracy is not good under Joe Biden. I, by the way, I saw that video when they were saying it. And uh, Michelle, I mean, uh, well, never mind. I'm not going to say it. She's, uh, let's just say this. Barack Obama is still skinny. Uh, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. How about that? Uh, okay. And uh, listen, you know, uh, you, know, you know this guy, Ibram X. Kendi? Yes. He's a, he's a racist guy. Yeah. He pushes this critical race theory crap. And his real name is like Henry Morgan or something like that. But he calls Ibram X. Kendi. You put an X in between your name and, and you're some sort of uh, you know intelligent radical or something like that. I don't know. But here's what Henry Morgan, he was, Gail King had him on his show because she's a racist as well. She was kissing his ass. Uh, 27, a little Gail King with uh, this uh, Henry Morgan, a.k.a. Ibram X. Kendi. People can raise racist ideas and not even know that they're doing it. I think that's very important to make that a point to make. Yeah, I mean, oh, the really? unfortunate truth is we live in a society of all sorts of racial inequities and disparities, all sorts of ideas attaching goodness or badness to particular skin colors. We have to be teaching our children a different way of thinking, a way of being, you know, in the world. That's what does the, that mean? That's the critical race theory that they want yeah. to teach. That we right. want to teach uh, blacks that you can't make it in this world because... Well, it, it, it's the deck is stacked against you, and you don't have what it takes to make it. Not only, and, not only to teach that though that the deck is stacked against you and blacks can't make it, but they also teach you, and I know this as you know, Bernard, from firsthand experience with my son in the seventh grade, that the reason why that's the case is because whites hate you. And all of a sudden, yes. all of my son's little friends that have been going to his birthday parties for five right. years that have been to my apartment, now he's having issues with almost every one of these children. And that goes back to this XS. Uh, 
That, yeah. that, that's what you're teaching uh, black kids today. Hate the white kids, even though they're nice little kids. No, no, exactly right. They teach the blacks that they're pretty much inferior is what they're teaching them, and they're not. But that's what they're teaching them, and that the whites are racist. Those are the two basic tenets of critical race theory. And then you have this uh, schmuck, Morning Joe, uh, kissing uh, Ibram X. Kendi, again, Henry Morgan's ass, on his stupid show, Cut 28 Go. What about children that have been raised over the past four, five, six years? What are the kids' first memories of Charlottesville? January the 6th. Oh, stop it. The Proud Boys. I just do serious? wonder what sort of negative impact that's going to have on so many young kids coming <laughs> of age. Oh, please. I mean, could you imagine, you ask any, any kid, go into any inner city and ask them, uh, who are the Proud Boys? No idea. Huh? I mean, are you kidding no me? Idea. Ask him about Charlottesville. No I, idea. You stupid bastard. You <laughs> I mean, dumb. You, I, I should have kicked your ass when I saw you at that uh, WABC when you used to come over with Chris Licht. What a piece of garbage. I mean, what a low life. And what, what cowards they are, him and uh, the racist Gail King. Uh, they just make me sick to my stomach. I hate to be so negative, uh, but uh, f- forgive me, but uh, they deserve it, I think. Anyway. Uh, here on the Bernie and Sid It does show. pain me to see our old dear, dear friend, a man that got you and I, both of us, tickets for us and our friends up at Fenway Park many times. Pains me to watch Mike Barnacle sit there and agree with everything without somebody putting a gun to his head. He actually really does agree in real life. That one hurts. Forget about Joe. Forget about Mika. Mike Barnacle, that hurts. Yeah, it's a, it's a little disappointing. But I guess part of it is he, he has to earn a living, right? I mean, uh, I guess, you know, exactly. I mean, he, he was he was damaged goods. Believe it or not, I must saved him. I yep. missed it. Yep. He was uh, he, the plagiarism scandal, other scandals. Yeah, and but I plagiarism like, doesn't end your career. Look at the president. No, it did. It, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. You're right. But uh, it, it was it, it did end Mike Barnacle's career. Yeah, it did. And I must kept him and uh, revived him. And that's why he's still at NBC, MSNBC. They kept him after Imus was fired. It was a continuation. But Mark Feinstein's coming up next, ladies and gentlemen. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Great. The Cuckoo Dolls take me out to the ball game at 744. It's raining now in New York City. The weather will improve. We'll get that game in tonight as the Yankees look to sweep the Tampa Rays. The Mets also hosting Milwaukee, both clubs in first place. So while most of the stuff me and Bernie talk about this morning and every morning is depressing, not baseball, not in New York. It's been a, you know, it's been a great summer so far. Our next guest is a guy that spent 17 years covering the New York Yankees for the New York Daily News. He's now a big star at MLB.com, but he admit that the best work he ever did was as my weekly Yankee reporter down at 640 Sports in Pompano Beach, Florida, many years ago. Here he is, the great baseball guy back on Bernie and Sid, Mark Feinstein. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, gentlemen. How you doing? Good to have you, pal. Good. Uh, congratulations. Uh, my book I just talked about coming out this summer, yours is out. 
and you've uh, written great baseball books before, Mark. This is your best work. It's entitled The Franchise, New York Yankees' uh, Curated History of the Bronx Bombers. I know you got Joe Torre to actually do the forward, which is uh, really, really good. I mean, really good. And I do want to discuss uh, one of the things you talked about in the book, and that's the core four. And uh, you say in the book that for some reason, people always forget Bernie Williams. They don't forget Mariana Rivera. They don't forget Derek Jeter, Pettit. But for some reason, they always forget Bernie Williams. Now, me and Bernie love Bernie Williams. Why is that the case? Well, I think it was just a case of bad timing for Bernie that the core four name uh, was developed and, and sort of created in 2009 when that group of four of Posada and Jeter, Pettit and Rivera were going for their their fifth title, and those are the four guys remaining from a dynasty. Uh, Bernie had been retired for three years at that point, but Bernie uh, knows that you know the, the, nobody's really slighting him when they leave him out of the core four conversation. As a matter of fact, he gets brought up more often when the core four conversation comes up than anybody else of why isn't he in there? Uh, so he actually looks at it as uh, he's, he's almost an unofficial member because, uh, you know, if people are bringing his name up all the time, that means he must have done something right along the way. Mark Feinstein on the Bernie and Sid show. Maybe they should uh, have something like the Jive Five so they could uh, include him. <laughs> That's good. You know, you could uh, for you, you just can't add somebody else. But either way, Mark Feinstein, listen, you write also about uh, Hal Steinbrenner. How is uh, Hal's, uh, you know, managerial or how, how is he different from his dad, George? Let's put it that way. Well, I think Hal is, uh, you know, unapologetic in saying that he is a different person, different personality than his father was, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, you know, George had success with those teams in the 90s and, and, you know, at the beginning with the Bronx Zoo, but there was a lot of bad years in between there. Uh, let's also not forget Hal Steinbrenner is playing a completely different game than his father did uh, in terms of the, you know, sort of spending rules that are in place and the penalties that are in place and, uh, you know, not to mention the fact that every other team out there also has a ton of money. So, uh, you know, George used to be able to just flex his financial might, sort of, you know, swing that hammer, and all of a sudden he had whatever free agent he wanted. That's not how the game works now. We've seen, you know, we've seen the San Diego Padres hand out two $300 million contracts. So having money isn't enough to be a winning organization. Uh, Hal understands that, and I think he's put a good infrastructure in place underneath him with Brian Cashman and everybody else to, uh, you know, to be successful whether they're the, the top spending team or not. Mark Fine saying the book is the franchise, New York Yankees, a curated history of the Bronx Bombers. But even when George was there, he was not able to get everybody. You know, we got Reggie. That was a big deal for the 1976 season. But, for example, he really wanted Greg Maddox. And Maddox picked the Braves over the Yankees. And then he really wanted Mike Mucina. After Baltimore, and Mucina really didn't want to come here. I mean, they took him to houses out in Jersey. They wined and dined him. And eventually, they did convince Mike Mucina to become a Bronx bomber, and he had some big years here with the Yankees. But that was not an easy task to get Mucina here. What does Mike talk about as it turned out? Yeah, I sat down with Mike uh, in his hometown of Montoursville, Pennsylvania, for a few hours for this interview, uh, and he was pretty candid. He, he admitted that, you know, the idea of playing in New York was not appealing to him, but that was mainly because his experience in New York was as a visiting player staying either in Times Square or by Grand Central, and that's all he knew, and he didn't know about 
some of these suburbs. And, and the Yankees put the, the full-court press on him uh, right after the World Series ended in 2000. Yep. Joe Torre called him before he even went on vacation, right after the parade, called him to say, you know, we want you here. And that really that really st- stuck with Mucina. He said, you know, he said to Joe, why are you calling me? Shouldn't you be like on an island somewhere? Uh, and and that was how important it was. And obviously, Messina ended up coming to New York. And uh, you know, he and Jason Giambi fall into that category of uh, sort of spending their entire lengthy Yankees careers in between championship teams. Right? They they won in 2000. Messina gets here in 01. Giambi gets here in 02. They w- they both leave after 08, and the Yankees win in 09. But Messina has no regrets over that. He knows how close they were, and. You know, some things fall your way, some things don't, but uh, all of it ended up with him in the Hall of Fame. And he did play on on two World Series teams, albeit losing teams, 2001 to Arizona and 2003 to the Florida Marlins. Correct, and he had some wonderful postseason moments in those years. Uh, You know, certainly 2003, that that three innings of relief that he pitched in in Game 7 was uh, as important as anything else that happened in that game right up until Aaron Boone hit his home run. Mark, are you impressed with my uh, partner's uh, recall capacity? I mean, he oh, knows everything. He knows all stats, facts, ob- obscure, and uh, Thank you, you know, famous as well. Uh, anyway, I need help, I call Sid. He, he really is amazing. Uh, hey, listen, Mark, let me ask you about, you write about Paul O'Neill as well. They're going to retire his number. I mean, uh, the move from Cincinnati to New York was not only career-changing for him, but it was life-changing, and I believe you write about that. And In fact, I know you do. Tell us about it, please. Well, you know, it's funny. O'Neill won a World Series in Cincinnati. You know, he's a Cincinnati kid. He grew up there. This was sort of the dream to be playing at home and uh, and knowing that, you know, you, you were having this kind of success. And they traded him to the Yankees for Roberto Kelly. That trade was not popular in New York. Roberto Kelly had been an all-star. He was a younger player, uh, looked at as, you know, one of the future Sort of, you know, he was he was supposed to be one of those guys they looked at in the core uh, that they eventually had, but they traded him for Paul O'Neill. Gene Michael saw something in him and and said, "Look, we don't want you to be a home run hitter. We want you to be a hitter." And obviously, he was. He won a batting title, had a fantastic career with the Yankees, and uh, you know, he became essentially a New Yorker after uh, growing up in Ohio, playing with the Reds. And like you said, they're retiring his number this year. I mean, who can forget? his final game at Yankee Stadium, Game 5 of the World Series in 2001, he had the entire stadium chanting his name. And you bring that up to him now, and he still gets emotional thinking about it because that was uh, it was an overwhelming moment for him and really a moment that expressed sort of what a guy who was not a homegrown guy uh, meant to this fan base. What a book. My God, Mark Feinstein, the franchise, New York Yankees, a curated history of the Bronx Bombers, forward by Joe Torre. You have to go get this book. It just sounds amazing. By the way, a lot of these guys also didn't want to come to New York because the last thing they wanted to hear driving to the stadium in the afternoon are morons like Mike Brancesa, Chris Russo, Sid Rosenberg, and Joe Boningo bashing them for having a bad night the night before. Just trust me. Uh, I was, I was going to step back there until you included your own name. So at least you're, uh, you know. Yes, right, right. Uh, let's get to this uh, modern-day Yankee club, Mark. I'm on the way to the stadium tonight with my beautiful wife, Danielle. Yankees, 30 games over 500. They match their streak back in 1973, winning 13 straight home games. And what we've seen out of Aaron Judge so far this year, he's on pace to have one of the greatest seasons, not just in Yankee history, but MLB history already with 25 home runs. He's got a big payday coming. How much do you think the Yankees will have to divvy up to uh, uh, Aaron Judge? And do you think they'll pay him before the end of the season? Uh, they won't pay him before the end of the season because I don't think they're going to allow this guy to go to free agency and become a Los I, I Angeles Dodger. I don't. I don't think they have a choice at this point. He said, 
uh, before the season. If it wasn't done by the season, he was going to you know, not negotiate during the year. Now, look, they can call his agent and say, yeah, here's $400 million, and the agent would say, hey, Aaron, I think we should talk. But I don't think that's the way this is going to go down. I think he'll go to free agency knowing that the Yankees have the ability to pay him if they want to. Uh, I think he's worth more to the Yankees on a long-term deal than anybody else just because of the uh, the brand and the face of the franchise and the popularity of the fan base. Uh, you know, you go to L.A. and you're you're joining a team with a bunch of other stars. You go to San Francisco and uh, you know, who knows what happens there. Um, you know, the one most interesting team to me that's going to be in this mix is the Mets because Steve Cohen has the money to get anybody he wants, and wouldn't that be something for him to go take the Yankees' best player away from them? Uh, so that could be a really interesting sort of side story in this offseason. But Judge, you know, I think a lot of people thought he was crazy for turning down seven years, $213 million extension uh, at his age, going, you know, in his age 30 season. Uh, but it certainly seems like the bet that he placed on himself, at least uh, through 60 games, is certainly paying off. Mark Feinstein on the Bernie and Sid Show. Mark, you also, uh, well, you, you write about a lot of things, but I want to ask you about a situation that occurred recently with the Yankees, and that would involve a Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson. Of course, uh, Josh was, uh, well, he was reprimanded by the league, uh, and uh, he was, Aaron Boone kind of backed him up. Aaron Judge, not so much. Uh, what do you make of that? He, it, For people who don't know, he called uh, Tim Anderson Jackie, who had referred to himself as Jackie Robinson in the past, and he was called a racist for it. And your, your thoughts on that? I mean, I thought it was a misunderstanding of sorts. I know people have killed Josh Donaldson for it. I, I don't have a problem with people killing him for it. <clears throat> you know, I, I think the fact that Anderson had done that interview with SI, uh, Donaldson, claims one thing, Anderson kind of claims another. This is sort of a he said, he said thing. Uh, I think the whole thing is, is the fact that we're still talking about it is sort of amazing to me. Um, but, you know, look, I, I think uh, Anderson is certainly entitled to believe anything he wants. Donaldson has his story that he's swearing by and sticking to. Uh, I don't think it's ever going to be a, a situation where we really know the truth for sure. Well, we are talking about it now because Donaldson just served that suspension literally two days ago. Mark Feinsand is here. Now, you cover all of Major League Baseball, not just the Yankees, even though this great book is about the Yanks. Had Mike Francesa on this show last Tuesday, who's one of the biggest Yankee fans ever live, and uh, he says as, as great as the Yankees are playing, he thinks the more dangerous team here in New York may be the Mets. And, oh, my God, just imagine when they get back Jacob deGrom, if they do, and Max Scherzer, just how good they could be even then. What about Mike Francesa's contention? You agree? I do agree. I actually was talking to somebody about this the other day that, you know, everybody's getting excited about a Subway series. This would be a very different Subway series than the one we saw in 2000 because I think the Mets actually might be favored. Um, wow. Even if the Yankees wind up with a better record, you go into a short series uh, you know, seven-game series where you can throw Scherzer and DeGrom four, maybe five times, uh, that's, you know, the Yankees are going to have trouble combating that in terms of the starting pitching. As great as the starting pitching has been for the Yankees, and don't get me wrong, it's been incredible. And that was my biggest question mark for this team coming into the year. Uh, who was going to step up behind Cole? They all have. And actually, Cole, I think, has the worst ERA on the staff, amazingly. But Scherzer and DeGrom are a different animal. And uh, now, this is all under the caveat that they're healthy and pitching the way that they're, uh, you know, have traditionally pitched. But if they are and they do, 
I don't know how anybody's going to beat the Mets in a short series if those guys are at the top of their game. So uh, it could be a pretty fascinating summer into fall in New York. Um, you know, we, we've seen the best team in the league not get to the World Series many, many times. So uh, there's a lot of work for both teams to do before we can talk about a Subway Series. The Mets have to figure out a way for, you know, I guess they'll have to wait until they play Atlanta to try to let Atlanta lose a game for the first time. Uh, the fact that that series, that division is down to four games is pretty unbelievable. Uh, but it took a 14-game winning streak to get there. You know Atlanta's not going to win every game the rest of the year, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, the Yankees are a really, really good team. Here's how good they are. If they play 500 ball the rest of the season, they'll have 96 wins. Wow. Wow, the rich just keep getting richer. Hey, Mark Feinstein, that was a great job out of you. The book is a franchise, and uh, we, we appreciate you appearing on the Bernie and Sid Show. My pleasure, fellas, anytime. Excellent job. Thank you, uh, Mark Feinstein there. And uh, as Bunny just pointed out, again, the book is uh, a great little history of the Yanks, the franchise, New York Yankees, uh, the curated history uh, dating all the way back, and certainly those great Joe Torre teams that won four World Series. The Yanks, by the way, have not won a World Series since 2009. Joe Girardi just fired by the Philadelphia Phillies two weeks ago, the last manager to win a World Series for the Yankees, now going on 13 years. The Mets, by the way, it's been 36 years. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Lots more to come, including the great Bill O'Reilly, the very entertaining Fox News host Pete Hegseth, and all the big news of the day. We're Bernie and Sid back on a Thursday right after this. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Simon, we talked about her earlier, her and James Taylor, as we start this uh, third hour, big hour coming up, Lydia reports, Bill O'Reilly on rainy day now in New York City, but the weather will improve, and it'll be fine for tonight's Yankees game, which I'm heading to with Danielle and Jen from Dolce. Uh, what movie was that, uh, Lewis? You're right, it was James Bond. Which one? Um, Octopussy. No. <laughs> you just want to say that so badly. No, what do you think so? <laughs> it was uh, Moonraker, actually, with uh, the great Richard Kyle, who played Jaws. Anyway, uh, that is Carly Simon. You're so a little self-righteous when you have information. <laughs> do you realize that? No, but it's not like I'm, I'm uh, what's his name? He died, the, uh, the Jeopardy guy, Bernie. What was his name? You loved him? Alex, Alex Trebek. Trebek. Right, like he had the answers Everybody in front of him. I don't him. have that. This is just off the top of my head. Okay, yay for you. All right. The only person that knows more useless information than I do alive today is Iron Eagle. That's it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, he prides himself on that, actually. Well, I mean, for, 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 for what he does, he needs that information. Yeah. I mean, it oh, serves wow. him well. Oh, and it served, it served you it. well as well uh, uh, on sports radio as well. Uh, absolutely. Also, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and by the way, he, he and I made a very, very good team. Not as good as you and I, Bernie, but uh, we would often fill in together for Mike and the Mad Dog, and we, uh, we were a very good team. Phil, quickly before we get back to the meat of the day with Bernard, the Celtics have a chance to uh, – 
turn this into a seven-game series. If they can beat Golden State tonight, we'll go back to San Francisco. If not, Golden State will win it all tonight. The Celtics are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't know. There's nine million sports books that are legal now in New York, like nine million. You got the one Mike does, Bet Rivers. You got MGM. You got FanDuel. You got all these. We don't have a sports book on this show. I don't know how. Not with Sid Rosenberg. But anyway, three-and-a-half Celtics over the Warriors. Who do you like tonight? I'm seeing four on Caesars, but it's, you know, again, like you said, it's it's different by each, sport, each sports book. I like Boston. Just you do? Because, yeah. Um, Damn right. By four? I don't know. I think it's going to be a close game. I, th- I think it's going to be down to wire the game. I mean, the last game. But, came... you're, but you're saying to lay the four. So if it's a closer game than that, you're going to take Golden State. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I, th- I think I might take uh, the plus four. I think Moneyline Boston, but plus four Golden okay. State. Okay, thank you for that, Phil. Listen, okay. To take, take Boston all the way. All the Boston's way. Boston's going to win it in seven. Oh, really? There's no doubt. I don't know if they're, if they're going to win. They're taking it. They're taking it. It's destiny. They're scrappy. They're motivated. Wow. Yeah. Golden State's been there too many times. Uh, yeah. But Boston, they're hungry. And they they got the talent, too. Okay. This is clearly uh, Bernie who hates Steve Kerr like I do. <laughs> no, you know, I actually I love the uh, Boston team. They're, they're I mean, not gonna, I know they're what not I'm talking about. Mark no, you do. Smart. Yes, you do. Yes. Uh, all those guys. Uh, I, I love Smart. He's he's fantastic. He's, again, talk, talk about scrappy and uh, physical. And the rest of those guys, uh, you know, they're all uh, – who's <laughs> Jason, the dude that shoots? Jason well, the Tatum. best player is Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, exactly, yeah. right. Just spectacular. He I is mean, spectacular, yes. yes. They're a super and gritty team. Jalen Brown, they're good players, but I don't see them winning these next two games. But who knows? Maybe Bernie is right. Either way, Phil says, take the Warriors plus the points tonight. Take the Celtics on the money line. Lastly, I do want to thank everybody still coming in this morning. Really lovely comments about my daughter Ava on my Instagram. I know uh, Salas puts the picture up. You'll see it later on today at double. WABCRadio.tv, WABCRadio.tv, my beautiful daughter Ava at the prom last night. I have a picture on my page of her and her friend Natalie on their way out, and the, uh, the comments are really, really lovely, comparing her to my beautiful wife Danielle. So thank you so much, and uh, I appreciate it. Always, always a big family here. We've been through so much, Bernie, with this audience, my dad passing away, what you're going through right now. I mean, I get 1,000 messages a day. You must get 5,000. And even something as nice as my daughter's prom picture, this audience, uh, in large part, does a really, really good job. So thank you so much. They love us, Sydney. for the most part, I think. Some, some <laughs> right, hate us. But, uh, <laughs> hey, listen, uh, speaking of love, I love what happened this week. The, on Tuesday, the special election down in, in Texas. Of course, it was primary day. But nobody was expecting this, and uh, uh, but it happened. This woman, Myra Flores, she is the hero of the week. Uh, she won the special election. We now have a district down there that was Democrat for 150 years, and she beat the uh, Democrat in the special election, Myra Flores did. It is now Republican, and that bodes well again for November. She's the first victor, if you will, in this uh, red wave that's coming in November. Now, to be clear, she's, she has to run again in November, but this portends good things and not surprising things. I mean, I, I, I don't want to jinx it and I don't want to get complacent, but it's going to be a red wave of historic proportions, uh, I believe, and a lot of others believe as well, unless the Republicans screw it up. I mean, you gotta, you know, got to focus on certain things and uh, try to, uh, you know, take, take, take away the abortion issue. Take away the guns issue. Focus on inflation, uh, gas prices, all these things, crime, the border, you know, drugs coming across, killing Americans, the wasteful, uh, you know, sending money a- abroad, uh, $40 billion to the Ukraine. 
when we could use it right here in the United States, and then telling us that that war in the Ukraine is what's causing gas prices to rise. Meanwhile, you're subsidizing the war. You're sending more money that's causing inflation to, to rise, and you're telling us that that's causing your gas prices to rise as well. Well, then stop sending the money. Send, send $4 billion and tell these idiots to get to the bargaining table and stop it because it's screwing the American worker. And I'm an America first guy. And don't tell me that, uh, you know, we got to defeat Putin. Putin's been defeated. He's been humiliated. This has taken way too long for him. He's, he's, his army has been exposed as a paper tiger. Uh, so anyway. No one's even I'm, talking I'm, about that war anymore, by the way. Burn, I, I know, but no I'm bringing one. it up because it, it, it's causing, they say, you hear uh, all the time, Biden's talking about it all the time. Right, right. He, he calls it Putin's price No, hike you're right. No, because he, of the war. It's a lousy excuse, just like they kept bringing up COVID for a year afterwards. You're exactly right. It's the same thing. By the way, while I patted myself on the back for knowing more useless information than anyone outside of Iron Eagle, and I said that Connie Simonson was from Moonraker, of course I was wrong. You could have bet on that. It was actually the spy who loved me. But <laughs> Oh, yes. But I, I, I should have known that. Yeah. Hey, so listen. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Myra Flores, let's, uh, I, I digress myself, and uh, I shouldn't have. But anyway, uh, it's been a spectacular uh, week because of this Myra Flores. But listen to Sean Hannity, what he says. We are deep into this gubernatorial race, and you and I are, are supporting different people on the Republican side. But either way, the Republicans have to win. And none other than Sean Hannity sees New York. Well, listen to what he says. Cut 39, please. Now, if I were leading the Republican effort for the midterms, I would try to put every race in every state in play. Yeah, I'd even put the New York governor's race in play. That is huge. I mean, uh, Sean Hannity, he has an extensive uh, operation. He has people who know what's happening. New York is in play. We can win this gubernatorial race. We can kick Kathy Hochul's ass out of the uh, office, her corrupt a pandering ass, mm. incompetent ass out. I don't know. It's going to be it, it hard now. Be I don't know. She has Eric Adams' endorsement now. That's <laughs> going to make it very, <laughs> very <funny>. tough. <laughs> yeah, that's funny right there, man. That's funny. Uh, listen, so, and Myra Flores, she she explained last night why she won the election. I mean, the, the Hispanics, by the way, give Joe Biden 24% on the approval rating. 24% Hispanics. They thought they had Hispanics wrapped up, just like they think they have blacks wrapped up. Uh, well, not so much. And witness Myra Flores. He, anyway, here's what she said last night. Cut number two, please, Lou. I feel like the Democrat Party has walked away from the Hispanic community. They've gone so far left, and they don't represent our values. People always ask me, Myra, how can you be a Republican whenever you were born in Mexico? And that's that clearly shows me that they know nothing about our culture. I was raised with strong conservative values. We're all about faith and family and hard work. That's who we are. So our values do really align with the Republican Party. But I do feel that, you know, for a long time prior to 2020, no one was really paying attention to the Hispanic community. And I'm grateful that finally the Republican Party is investing in the Hispanic community because we are the future. But the Democrat Party has completely abandoned us and taken us for granted. They feel entitled to our vote, and they feel they don't really have to work for it. And what we're showing now is that, yes, you do have to work to earn our vote, and that's why we won this special election. Yes, indeed. And I've been saying it for a long time, not to pat myself on the back, but Hispanics are natural Republicans. God, family, law, you take away the immigration issue, they are natural Republicans, and, and it's manifesting itself 
now because people are paying attention because the, the, you fill up your pickup truck. It's 120 bucks for God's sakes. And they're waking up, and uh, God bless them for it. We will take it. Speaking of gas prices, uh, this guy from Shark Tank, Kevin O'Leary, who I know you're not a big fan of, but he's a smart guy, Sydney. I, I'm talking to you. No, I'll give you that. He was, yeah. Yeah. He, he was on CNBC last night, and I've been saying uh, that there's one guy who can turn around this inflation mess and, and re, uh, lower gas prices overnight just by saying things, just by, by talking, by saying, I'm going to reauthorize the Keystone Pipeline. I'm going to, uh, uh, you know, reauthorize uh, drilling leases that I took away from Alaska, the Gulf of Mexico, many other places. Kevin O'Leary last night from Shark Tank on CNBC. Uh, this is what he said. Cut 15, please, Lou. The economy, the market, they're not, it's not going to be able to recover unless we see some relief and relief that we can believe is a long-term solution for oil. Here's how you fix that problem. It was a policy mistake by Biden when he came in. You reverse the mistake. All you have to do is jawbone. The oil market's a futures market. Just announced you're going to license three new refineries on the East Coast. Also announced we're going to re-examine the, the, the XL pipeline. We're going to give back the leases in Anwar. We're going to give more carbon direction to understand what the costs are. All of those policy mistakes could be reversed by just getting up and jawboning it. You could take oil down below 100 bucks if you got more accommodative towards the future production. Yeah. Now, Biden may not do that. That's on him. So jawbone it. In other words, talk about it. Say you're going to do it. Overnight, the prices would go down. Inflation would uh, start to lessen, et cetera, et cetera. Kevin O'Leary, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Another guy who I love, who you love as well, Ron DeSantis. He got uh, Elon Musk, who who voted for Myra Flores, by the way, his first uh, Republican vote. Yeah, he lives in that district, believe it or not, a border district. Anyway, Ron DeSantis uh, was the beneficiary of an Elon Musk tweet. He said he would, in 2024, he would back a Ron DeSantis candidacy. And Ron uh, spoke yesterday about that. Cut 33. Lou, go. So what I would say, um, you know, I'm focused on 2022. Uh, but with Elon Musk, what I would say is, you know, I welcome support from African-Americans. What can I say? And <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And listen, that's, not, that's not, not new what he said yesterday, but it's hilarious because it pisses people off, pisses the hell out of a lot of pisses off the hell out of a lot of people when you when you refer to Elon Musk as African American, and that's why that was priceless from Ron DeSantis. I just love it, and he is African American. He's from Africa, and he's a, now he's an American. So what the hell do you want? What what do you expect? In any case, I got one more here. This is uh, this is a funny thing. This is somebody juxtaposed Donald Trump and uh, Joe Biden, and it's Donald Trump predicting everything that Joe Biden would do. All the all all the screw ups that he would cause. Cut seven. Uh, Trump predicting what Biden would do and Biden reacting. Cut seven, please, Lou. Before I took office, there was a lot of folks out there. A lot of folks out there making some pretty bold predictions about how things would turn out. You might remember some of the predictions. They're coming for your guns. They're coming for your jobs, and they're coming for your freedom. They hate American energy, and Joe Biden will shut it all down. He's going to. Another prediction that is my favorite one, I must add, is that if I got elected, gas prices going five, six, seven dollars for a gallon. Flood <laughs> your communities with criminal aliens, drugs and crime yeah. while they live behind beautiful gated compounds. They try to take away your guns. Second Amendment. They want to take it away. 
while they enjoy private security that's fully armed. So for all those predictions of doom and gloom six months in, here's where we stand. You want to use the word recession or depression? <laughs> so if your primary concern right now is inflation. We could stop it in 30 minutes. Look, the bottom line is this. I say you're not doing a very good job. That is funny. Well done. And he's right. Right there, he, we, you could stop it in 30 minutes to Kevin O'Leary. And my point, you could stop it overnight. You really could in one day. And this punk president of ours, he won't do it. He's destroying this country. He's going to go begging for oil in Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, all kinds of uh, dirty oil, by the way. It's just disgusting when we have it right here under our feet. We could get the energy sector back up, cut inflation down, cut gas prices, and put people to work. And this jerk won't do it. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm going to get off my soapbox right now. But uh, I hope things change quickly. Uh, November 22 is coming quickly. And uh, Myra Flores, thank you for your victory down in Florida, in, in Texas. Excuse me. Uh, it's, a, it's a good start right there. That is the big one. And uh, we're not that far away now, folks. Only about five months away from, uh, from the big day in November when, in fact, uh, me and Bernie both expect and hope to God we get that red wave. Lydia reports... Bill O'Reilly and Pete Hegseth. That is three great segments in a row on a Thursday morning. Now you know why. We're the Nielsen-rated number one news talk morning show in New York City. All those great opinions you heard just now, all the great lifestyle stuff, and now three great interviews right here on Bernie and Sid. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. The man who murdered two cops at a motel outside of Los Angeles was a career criminal who was out on probation for illegally carrying a gun. Police Corporal Michael Paredes and Officer Joseph Santana were killed in a gunfight in El Monte with Justin Flores while answering a call about a stabbing. This guy, Justin Flores, had followed his wife to a motel. He was trying to stab her to death when she called 911. These two cops answered the call. And just a day before the shooting, the suspect's probation officer requested that Flores go to jail because he was beating her. This old guy also had a history of assaults, drugs, resisting arrest, DUIs. He's got tattoos on his face. Clearly looks like he had some kind of gang affiliation. Yet when he was busted with an illegal gun because of the lenient L.A. District Attorney George Gascon, who is obviously backed by Soros, he got the most lenient sentence and he was just released on probation. Before Gascon took office, he would have been behind bars on a minimum of two and a half year to three years. So now we have two dead cops because of a lenient D.A. And the reason I'm talking about this story is because this is exactly what's going to happen right here in New York City as well. If we do not vote in elections and get these these people that are the district attorneys that are trying to ruin our country and let chaos run on the streets. And now these two young cops, Police Corporal Michael Paredes and Officer Joseph Santana are dead. And you have kids that don't have their father anymore. And it's it's horrific. It is awful. It is terrible. And uh, this guy, George Soros, uh, Gascon as well. It's George Gascon, right? Uh, either yeah. way, the two of them, uh, I mean, I, I, I can't even say what I think should happen to both of them. And what do you suppose? Uh, George Soros is 90 years old, and he's been pumping money into, uh, you know, all, all across the country. Kim Fox, the idiot in St. Louis, uh, uh, down in Philadelphia, and he, even here, 
Uh, to Alvin Bragg and uh, to the right. uh, the guy in Brooklyn. What's his name? Uh, Gonzalez or Rodriguez, whatever. Excuse mm-hmm. me for not knowing. But what do you suppose, Lydia, is George Soros at 90 years old? What do you suppose is his motivation towards, uh, you know, for what he does to pump all of the, his, his own money into these lenient uh, pro-criminal DAs? What is he trying to do? What is he? What is what is the outcome he's looking for? Uh, the bigger picture, not just lenient DAs, but what is he he's trying to ruin the country? What's he doing? I, th- I think so. I think he's pure evil, and he's also buying eighteen Hispanic radio stations, and a lot of them were are cons- were conservative stations. Yeah, One of them is right. in right there in Miami. A lot of Cuban Americans listen to it. We had. Uh, Congresswoman Salazar on Cats at Night yesterday. She's outraged by it, and it's basically a done deal. I don't even know how the FCC permitted that, that this guy who clearly has a radical political ideology went around and bought 18 radio stations, most of them conservative radio stations, in order to spread his propaganda. And it's, stem, it's a scary to, time. To stem the, uh, the, the affection that Latinos are now having for the Republican Correct. Party. He wants to right. step in and stop that. Witness right. Myra Flores uh, on Tuesday. He doesn't want any more of that. And yes, he's going to propagandize the community with those uh, radio stations. And yeah, the, he's got to be stopped. I mean, uh, somebody has to stop this. I don't know who. I don't know how. But yeah, the FCC. What? what how did they approve this with this guy with a clear uh, a political agenda? Uh, I mean, I don't know. That that is a dangerous, dangerous thing. What he did right there. And uh, and for these two police officers, I mean, he's got blood on his hands, him and Gascon. How how do we hold these people accountable? I don't know the answer. I know you don't know the answer. Uh, at November 20, November of this year, it will go a long but, way. But, to, but before we go, get to that go, November go. date, Bernie, we did. I mean, you're talking about Gascon, and he's a, a DA. We just saw in San Francisco they got rid of Chesa Boudin. So now we can't yeah. do that here with Alvin Bragg. There's no recall. We, we went over that debate on Monday night. Obviously, we need the legislature. But they can get rid of Gascon out in Los Angeles before November. And they should. Well, I don't know why they're not doing yeah, it. Yeah, that's uh, how you do it. Recall these bastards. Get them out. And what do we do about And then you uh, saw what happened in Loudoun County, Virginia. They got rid of that uh, district attorney out there. A judge got rid of her, Babirai. She's also uh, Soros-backed. And the ju- a judge got rid of her off a case because he said, you're misrepresenting it. You're trying to get this guy the most lenient sentence, and you're not telling me the whole story. So a judge kicked off the district attorney in Loudoun County, Virginia, off a case. So maybe that's what needs to happen here, that the judges have to kick off. I, I, don't, I don't know what the answer is, but we, we have to stop this madness. Because, look, two cops are dead. What's it going to take here for... For us to wake up and realize that if you vote Democrat, I mean, I was talking to my friend about Hochul. He's like, you know, uh, there's really not like a, a groundswell for her and there's really no charisma there. And he's like, he's a Democrat. And he said, you know, you know, Astorino, Zeldin and Giuliani, they're looking a lot better. And I said, so, OK, what's going to st- so what's stopping you vote for one of them? Because if you vote for Democrat, you vote for Hochul, you get more of the same. If you vote Republican, independent or whatever, anything else but the established Democrat, you'll get something better. So that's all I feel like Americans need to decide. It's not about right or left. It's about right or wrong. Yeah, well said, uh, Lydia. And, and again, this guy Soros, he's got not only these two cops, obviously, but all the inner city uh, people who have been shot, killed, stabbed, whatever, uh, just well, br- brutally murdered at, at, with fists and kicks and knives and stuff like that. 
George Soros has all that blood on his hands. This evil old fart should be thrown into Guantanamo Bay. I mean, I, I know he's done it all legally, but uh, I, there's got to be some way to ca call this guy to account. We've got to do it sooner rather than later because the country is being destroyed. I mean, November 2022, this year, November, may not be enough to stem the, the tide if, uh, again, he's buying all these Hispanic radio stations and he's going to be he's going to throw money behind a lot of candidates uh, this November as well, which may or may not be as effective as it was in the past. But I don't know. It's just uh, infuriating that uh, his name is, is, is affiliated and associated with all of these disasters in these various cities. I mean, I, I just I, I, somebody should volunteer to uh, well to to uh, to donate <laughs> money to take to take George Soros out to don't and, and I mean legally. You know what? We got to bribe the I mean, nurse the that legal... wipes his butt. We got to bribe the... the nurse that wipes his butt to put some like arsenic in his um well, in his uh. In his I would, baby for whatever formula he does. Yeah, I wouldn't advocate for any violence or murder <laughs> or like that. Kidding. Some some legal way to take him, uh, to stop him from doing what he's doing. You I know, know, I know how. we got to wrap this up. So I want to ask, because I, I don't often get to talk to a famous actor like Sid Rosenberg. So Tom Hanks said that if Philadelphia, you know, that movie Great where movie. there is yep. a, a gay man, he's uh, gets basically loses his job and everything because the giant law firm, prominent law firm he works for, finds out that he has AIDS or whatever. Right. He sues, he wins, yeah. whatever. By the way, his he lawyer said, in that movie was played brilliantly by one young Denzel Washington. Yes. yes. It was. I love that movie. Makes yeah. me cry. I love that movie. So anyway, Tom Hanks Do you know said, who played his lover movie... in that movie? No. I forgot. Who? Um, John Wayne. No. Oh. Uh, come on. You know what? Right. Spanish guy married Melanie Griffith. Come on. Oh, oh, yes. oh Joe, yeah. Benderis. There Benderis. you go. Very yes, good. Yes. Yes. Very oh, my God. Benderis. <laughs> yeah, that's the question. I'm sorry. I get okay, up. sorry. So he said if Philadelphia was on today, he could not play the role because he's straight. And that only gay gay roles should only be played by gay people. So my question to you, Sid Rosenberg, is two questions. One, do you agree? And two, would you play a gay guy and act out the sex scenes on camera? For money, of course. Uh, wouldn't be much of a stretch <laughs> for me. Uh, no, but on a serious note. It, it, so it, you're, gay, you're gay for pay, but, uh, you're saying. It, it, it is so ridiculous. We've seen so many heterosexual actors play straight people, and they're great. And by the way, we've seen a ton of gay actors and actresses play straight people. I mean, how, how many times uh, did, did Anne Heche play uh, in a love scene with Harrison Ford, those types of people, and she is as gay as it gets. So it is ridiculous. You don't have to be gay. Uh, you can still play the role. That's why they're called actors, right? But, because, the, but, but of mean, course, so the, the, you would the make reverse. out with a guy, though. Would I make out with a guy yes, for money? Would. Yes, yes, he would. I he did would, it for he, free with Bernie back in 2003. Would you enact a, a sex scene in bed with a man with yes, just would. like a banana yes. hammock on? Again, we have the pictures. <laughs> the answer is definitely yes. <laughs> yes so yes. listen, the reverse would be true if what Tom Hanks saying is true. No gay actors, no gay actors should play straight people. That's right. And, and the gays would be furious about that. Of course. That, of course. And then it goes further and further, and then you're like, oh, if you're if you're not Jewish, you can't play a Jewish actor, this and that, and it goes on and on. So we've heard stupid. that. It's called acting for a reason. We've it's heard ridiculous. that. We, we've right. heard the Jewish thing, too. Just, you know, there have been examples uh, of that. And, you uh, know they banned uh, Buzz Lightyear? He kissed, uh, you know who Buzz Lightyear yes. is, right, in the Pixar movie? He kissed an, a male 
uh, cartoon characters or whatever, and it's been banned like in half the world. That that one scene has been cut because Buzz Lightyear yeah, but, had but, a male on male kiss. But not here. That was a huge controversy. Right. Disney was actually contemplating banning that scene here. And obviously, you know what's going on at Disney World now. Why does Buzz Lightyear, why do you even have to assign a sex to him? I think that yeah, is the most ridiculous it. thing. It's so stupid. Like, why are you sexualizing even cartoon characters? Is it's, Why does he have to make out with anybody? This is so right. stupid. It's Toy Story. It's for kids. Toy Story, all right? Thank Leave you. it alone. You shouldn't Let's be kissing anything. Exactly oh, right. It so now we've it. learned that Sid Rosenberg is gay for pay. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> No question and about that's, it. Well, we won't be talking about that tonight. Cats at Night, John Katzmatidis. I don't know if you saw him on Fox and Friends this morning. I, I caught it. It was great. He got he talked about the letter that the oil company executives got trying to blame them. The Biden administration is trying to blame them for the high gas prices. Such a joke, such a farce. So we're going to talk about that. The truth and nothing but the truth. So help us, God. Cats at Night, John Katzmatidis. You don't want to miss it. Lydia Serrano and the Bernie and Sid Show. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. the best he still is the best he'll always be the best bill o'reilly the greatest tv personality ever and on top of that he does an amazing talk show here 9 p.m every weeknights on wabc he's got his own website BillOReilly.com. does not get better the interviews the columns the tv show it is the really the best place for news the killing series killing of the killers right now doing tremendously well a New York Times bestseller comes off that unbelievable two-state forum with former President Donald Trump in the great states of Florida and Texas. And on top of all of that, does a tremendous job right here, 840 every Thursday morning with us. He is the best of all time, the great Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. Sid, I'm humbled, as always, uh, by your lead. And, thank you. Uh, so thank true. you very much. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I was surprised I didn't see you yesterday at some point on the naked beach. I heard you were excited about that. <laughs> you know, I uh, I admire people who are uh, that self-confident. They can go to the naked beach yeah. and, in, and endure the mockery of the fish. Um, you're standing there and the fish going, what? Um, okay. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Did you ever see a fish vomit? Um, I heard yesterday there was a slick in the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's pretty gross. Hey, Big Bad Bill O'Reilly, again, killing the killers is uh, fantastic. Uh, Look, uh, your message of the day today is terrific. It it ties into what Biden did yesterday, his one event, and, uh, and his upcoming trip to Saudi Arabia. I'd like you to explain it to our audience. I think it was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of uh, Joe Biden's hallmarks is he's a virtue signaler. So whatever it is, uh, Joe is going to be virtuous. So yesterday, the only thing on his schedule is uh, was a gay pride event, whatever that is. And that's OK with me. I, I don't mind that. If he wants to have a gay pride, 
But my question in the message of the day on BillOReilly.com was, I don't know how gay that event was since Biden's going to Saudi Arabia, where if you are gay, you might have a sand dune dropped on your head. Yeah, uh, so, stay off the roof. Yo, that might not might have taken a little sheen off that event yesterday. Oh, absolutely right. I mean, it's uh, the hypocrisy is uh, off the charts with this guy. But uh, on a serious note, and that that is a serious note, but going to Saudi Arabia, the reason behind it and the letter to the oil companies and uh, everything he's doing, it's unnecessary. I mean, he could just, uh, in one day, he could just reauthorize the Keystone Pipeline, reauthorize these drilling leases that he canceled in in Alaska, in the Gulf of Mexico, et cetera, et cetera, and single-handedly bring down the price of gas and stem the inflation uh, uh, that we're experiencing right now single-handedly in one day he could do it and he's he's going through all these lengths to uh beg for a despotic uh, government for oil and other governments as well it makes no sense bill o'reilly of course it doesn't and he doesn't know what to do he doesn't understand supply and demand he doesn't understand that if you slap regulations on the fossil fuel industry you'll have far less harvesting of fuel See, that's the key that nobody really will confront. He doesn't understand how to run the country. He cannot do it. It would be like having Sid playing goalie for the Tampa Bay team (laughs) in the Stanley Cup. Colorado will score a lot of goals on Sid. Number one, he'd be naked. (laughs) <laughs> and that's not good for a goalie, all right? No, Number no. two, he can't do it. He can't do it, all right? This is what I mean about Biden. They tell him, okay, if you go to Saudi Arabia and you strike a deal, the price of uh, the world price of oil will drop. And that's true. That's true. But you could do the same thing, as you just pointed out, McGurk, here. Once you say, look, uh, for the next year, we're lifting all of the regulations on fossil fuel companies so they can drill quickly and efficiently. And we're going to start up the Keystone Pipeline again. So we're going to get the Canadian oil flow down to Louisiana. Then the price of oil on the worldwide market drops. It would take a while, a little while, for that to be reflected at our gas stations because you know – the American oil companies are squeezing every blank and penny out of us, and they are. I did that last night on the No Spin News. I said, here are the profits. Um, first quarter uh, this year, last quarter um, last year, look at the difference. Oil companies are exploiting it, and that that's what they do. And he can't do anything about that, by the way. So, But the real takeaway for WABC listeners, and I'm going to say this again, is we have a president of the United States who does not know how to run this country. Hmm. And that is frightening. That is frightening. Yep. Uh, Unlike the last guy who, with all of his flaws, and he's got plenty, did know how to run the country. And, by the way, he has become the kingmaker. Whoever he endorses in these races around the country, from governors to congresspeople, 
Uh, they've been winning at, at a very, very big rate. But I have to tell you, I drove by Chelsea Piers on Sunday, Bill, and I saw a lot of folks out there with hating Ron DeSantis signs. F Ron DeSantis, F Ron DeSantis. Now Elon Musk, who all of a sudden votes Republican, he comes out yesterday, starts tweeting, DeSantis has my vote in 2024. So despite all these polls that I'm seeing that Donald Trump is still the king of the Republicans, how quickly is Ron DeSantis gaining on him? That's an interesting question. I mean, the polling still shows that Trump is ahead uh, with the MAGA crew, which is about 50 percent of the Republican Party. So a guy gets 70 million votes last time around, does run the uh, economy efficiently. And there's no two sides to that story. You can't say he didn't because that's a lie. All the stats show 1.4 percent inflation under his watch robust economy that lifted wages for every sector. So you can't debate that. Um, But DeSantis is a more doctrinaire conservative than Trump. Trump wasn't really interested in conservative stuff. He, He did it because he wanted to rally his folks, and most of those are conservative Americans. But DeSantis is is much more along the lines of a William F. Buckley and that kind of conservative um, thinker, hmm. and if Trump doesn't run, DeSantis is way ahead in getting the nomination. Now, I, in my conversation with Trump, said it would be wise for Trump and DeSantis to work out a ticket, so they both are on the same ticket, and that would have uh, the effect of one of them having to move out of Florida. But that you can do that easily, as Hillary Clinton proved in New York when she moved in here, and so did Bobby Kennedy. To become senator, you can do that. It's it's not hard. Right. Um, but Trump was never never really uh, said, "Oh, that's a good idea, O'Reilly." I don't think he's ever said that about anything I've said to him. But that would be an overwhelming ticket in 2024. Absolutely. And Ron DeSantis, I mean, doctrinaire and uh, you know more traditional. But he's got uh, he's got onions and he's got smarts. You know, the Parental Rights Act down in Florida. That was just brilliant. Also, yesterday he thanked Elon Musk by saying, I accept uh, any support from African-Americans, which is provocative. It's funny, and it it sticks it to people. A lot of people are uh, pissed off that he said that, but that he said that we like, I I like anyway. And and speaking of Elon Musk, he voted for uh, this uh, woman, Myra Flores. As you know, Bill O'Reilly, the first victor in this red wave, down in Texas, a border state, which was held by Democrats for 150 years. This bodes well, portends well for uh, the Republicans, in for the country, I would say, in November of this year. What say you? Well, that's a crucial story. We did it last night on uh, Common Sense on WABC. So this is the first time in that redrawn district that a Republican has won. All right, Ms. Flores. And um, that district went for Biden last time around. But the, the big takeaway from that is Hispanic Americans have turned, not are turning, have turned yes. on the Democratic Party. So 11 percent of the entire electorate in the United States are Hispanic voters. 11 percent. Uh, in the past, about mm, 65, 70 percent of Hispanics voted Democrat pretty reliably. That's going to drop down to 40, 35 in the midterms. That block 
going to the Republicans is going to make an enormous difference. Now, African-Americans are still hanging tough with Biden and the Democrats, the polls say. I don't know why, because they're being devastated. Low-wage earners get hurt the most because they don't have the financial backup and resources. And that's why the Hispanics, I mean, look, everybody I have working for me on the domestic front is Hispanic Hmm. on Long Island. Yep. And they work hard. And I pay them well. But they haven't been in the country long enough to build up a financial reserve, and they're getting hammered. They're they're taking a pay cut of 40% because they have to pay so much more for food, gas, and clothing. Hmm. So they're not going to vote Democrat. And that is the big thing in America. That is a very, very big thing. So to wrap it up, let's uh, go local. local. Not sure if you caught this or not, but uh, Monday night, of course, was the gubernatorial debate. It was the first. You've got another one coming this Monday on New York One and Tuesday from Rochester on Newsmax. All four guys were there, Lee, uh, Lee Zeldin and Harry Wilson, Rob Bastarino, and Andrew Giuliani. Uh, question is, A, did you catch it? And B, if you did, Bill, did you think anybody won? I didn't watch it because Zeldin is going to get the nomination and it's not even going to be whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, I, I enthusiastically endorsed Lee Zeldin at the beginning. He has had a horrendous couple of weeks, and guys, especially like Giuliani and Astorino, have come on very, very strong. You're much smarter than I am. I admit, I agree with that. I admit that. But what makes you think Lee Zeldin has it in the bag? I could not disagree more. Tampa Bay Lightning. Yes. Three weeks ago, I told you, Sid. You did. They yes. were a better team you than did. the Rangers. You did. You, you, Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Son of a okay, gun. just keep that in mind. <laughs> keep that in mind. Uh, Lee so- Zeldin has the backing of the party in New York, the right. Republican Party. It's Terrible not party. a strong party. Terrible. But he's getting a lot of money. Money coming in from other precincts outside of New York. Zeldin will win comfortably wow. and then go up against Hochul. Now, I'm not saying Zeldin's the greatest guy. I'm saying he's JFK on the campaign trail. I'm not saying any of that, Sid. Okay. And he's, and he's I'm not. saying that the reality of politics in New York, number one, money. Yep. You've got to buy TV time in the nation's biggest market. You don't have it, you're not going to win. And that's why Zeldin will win. All right. There you have it. Well, uh, he he did not perform well at the debate, but uh, we'll see. We'll see Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, well, how many people? Nine people watched the debate. Eleven. Okay. Include me and Bernie. Nobody watched it. <laughs> and, and it doesn't matter. They don't. It's all about television and radio advertising. That's right. what it's about. Yeah. And Hopefully's got the biggest war chest of all. Well, do you think uh, Zeldin will beat Hochul? Uh, Sean Hannity said last night that New York is in play. Do you think that Zeldin can beat Hochul? Just uh, briefly, Bill, if you don't mind. 30% chance. How brief is that? That's not very good. Uh, That was good. That was good. Listen, Bill, killing the killers, uh, folks, go out and get it. You won't want want to put it down. It is a great read. Killing the killers, BillOReilly.com. Bill O'Reilly at 9 o'clock at night on 77 WABC, also at noon and 725 every morning on the Bernie and Sid Show. Bill, we love you. Thank you so much. Great job. Okay, guys. Father's Day, great gift, Killing the Killers. Buy from us on BillOReilly.com. Get a free copy of Killing the Mob.
Thanks well, for having me. And in. a happy Father's Day to you, Bill. What a great dad you Thank are. You. All right, pal. Take it easy. I love hanging out with you and your son at all those Met games and all that stuff. That's a good time. Well, uh, we'll take a short break. We're going to talk to talk about books. Pete Hegseth has a new book coming out. He's one of the uh, stars on Fox News. Very handsome guy. We'll talk to Pete Hegseth at the top of the fourth and final hour right after this. We're doing it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Show heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And uh, at this point, we are honored to have joined us a Fox News host, a decorated Iraq and Afghanistan war veteran, and, and we thank you for your service, Pete Hegseth. Uh, Pete Hegseth joins Bernie and Sid right now. Good morning, Pete. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. You got it. It, it is a pleasure. And, uh, Pete, your book is called The Battle for the American Mind, Uprooting a Century of Miseducation. And uh, usually we'd say we'll talk about your book uh, a little bit later. But this is very, very topical. This is a very, very important. I mean, witness the Parental Rights Act down in Florida and yep. other things. They are poisoning our kids' minds uh, and grooming our kids. And you're writing about it, but apparently it's been going on longer than we thought. Tell us about the book, Pete. Much longer, much deeper. Thanks for having me. The lunacy of what we see on our screens right now from privilege walks and the 1619 Project and gender transitioning and pronoun conversations with six, seven, eight-year-olds is not an accident. Uh, Hemingway once said, things happen gradually and until they happen suddenly. He was talking about bankruptcy. What we're talking about here is, is the classroom and instruction. So when COVID-19 happened and parents went into the classroom because their laptops were in their house and they were seeing what was being taught, they were shocked. Well, when we did the research, we realized why. And it wasn't just an accident of the 60s. The progressives for over 100 years have intentionally targeted not colleges and universities. Yeah, that's part of it. But the youngest of classrooms, K through 12, because they knew the affections and the views of our youngest are the most powerful prize. I mean, they looked at how prohibition was passed in 1919, and they realized it was because third grade curriculum went in uh, – Francis Willard, a socialist. They're always socialists and atheists, by the way, and then eventually Marxists who are driving this pushed curriculum. Voila, you've got a constitutional amendment. Progressives today realize the same thing. The philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation can become the philosophy of government in the next, and, and it's scary. So we wrote the book because parents have to first just realize the depth of the problem. That's the first step to any recovery is how deep the problem <laughs> is. It's, it's not other people's schools. It's our schools in our communities where this is happening. Well, I think Pete Hegseth is the only guy on TV better looking than me, Bernie. I'm just going to tell you that. Uh, also, you. <laughs> yeah, he's got a HarperCollins book out, and um, mine is coming out in August. But he's got – you talk about the praises in his book. Kaylee McEnany, Tucker Carlson, Ben Shapiro, Charlie Kirk, Dan, uh, Don Bongino, Mark Levin – uh, Dan Bongino, that is a great list of uh, folks that uh, talk about uh, Pete Hex at this book. And I tell you, 
personal experience, Pete, I used to live on the Upper West Side. I just moved about two months ago. My son goes to a very expensive private school, Upper West Side, very diverse school. Most of his classmates are black, by the way. And not only is the curriculum what you talk about, but the way they teach these kids, also these kids develop an attitude where they go from playful little kids who went to my son's birthday party for years to kids who all of a sudden don't like white kids. So it's not just the curriculum. They change the nature, the behavior, how these kids feel, and they turn otherwise good kids into racists. Oh, my goodness. Such a great point. That is known as pedagogy. Pedagogy is not what is taught. It's the philosophy of how it is taught. And and the phrase we use in the book a lot is paideia, which is a root from pedagogy, which is a Greek word, which is about the affections of the heart. The, 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 the vision of the good life imprinted on the soul of kids. Our founders understood this phrase. We taught it for 2,000 years in Western civilization in the classroom, and the progressives buried it. They buried God first out of the classroom in order to get at what kids actually valued and what they believed. And now you're exactly right. They're pumping out activists with raised fists who believe in America is inherently a racist place, uh, and ultimately they either have privilege or non-privilege, and that has devastating consequences. This is an experiment beyond which we've ever tried. You know, keeping a country when you're pumping out kids who are trained to distrust and hate each other and believe the country they live in is inherently racist and evil. That's the scale of the project progressives have undertaken, and uh, it's been bad for decades. It has in schools. I got a progressive education in suburban Minnesota in the 1990s, and I didn't even know it. Now it is indoctrination and activism, uh, which does not bode well for our future. Not at all. Hate each other and hate their parents, uh, these kids. Listen, we're talking with Pete Hegseth from Fox News. His book is, it's an important book, folks, Battle for the American Mind, Uprooting a Century of Miseducation. And, of course, Pete, it's not just a critical race theory, which is, I believe Sid was alluding to, that, that, that's part of the critical race theory. But this disgusting uh, propagandizing, this grooming, uh, teaching yes. these kids this transgenderism and, and, and encouraging them to be a part of it if you will, and and the Biden administration using funds, federal taxpayer funds, to uh, enforce this type of theory, this schooling on schools, for example, in South Dakota, where the governor there, Christy Noem, has banned it, and she's getting screwed for it. The kids are getting screwed for us. Tell us about that, please. Well, you're talking about critical race theory and critical gender theory, all the things we're seeing coming out. Uh, on the on the the trans stuff is critical gender theory. Both of those came from critical theory. Critical theory was brought to our shores by Marxists in the 1930s. Where did they land? They landed in the Upper West Side at Columbia University's Teachers College. They were welcomed there. John Dewey had studied there. That's where they first promulgated this theory. And the critical theory's entire premise is deconstructing and criticizing the foundations and pillars of Western civilization to include the nuclear family, to include sex and gender, to include how we view race. And and they found that race was the easiest one because of our terrible racial past in this country. But they also are going at gender. If you can get a five or six-year-old to wonder whether they're a boy or a girl, you've completely upended any notion of truth uh, and, and the simplicity and the innocence of a child. And from there, they are very malleable and very vulnerable. And that's, a, that's how you get drag screen 
Greg, mm. between story hour. It's not just yep. New York yep. City. I mean, it's Missouri yeah. and across the country. Yeah. Uh, Pete Hegg said, by the way, when you were growing up or going to school, I should say, in Minnesota, I'm pretty sure my first cousin was the mayor of St. Paul for eight years, and that's Norm Coleman. Did you know Norm when you were in Minnesota? Yes, I know Senator Coleman well. That's my first cousin, just seeing no Brooklyn boy went to Hofstra. I know he went to Iowa and Minnesota, but he's still a Brooklyn boy at heart, Pete. You he know, still talks like one. Yes, he like does. It. Yes, he's a big giant fan. Don't, 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 worry. don't listen about the Vikings in the wild. That's all nonsense. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so my 13-year-old son says to me, Dad, he's starting to figure this stuff out, right? He's the same kid that went to the progressive school in the Upper West Side. He said, Dad, let me ask you a question. All this stuff that these schools teach and you're so angry about, you and Bernie and you two people with this great book. So let me ask you something, Dad. If Donald Trump wins again in 2024, will it change? In other words, can a Republican president change all this stuff? And I had to think for a second because this all was going on. Even maybe even started some of this madness, although it's been around for a long time. It got worse, I think, when Trump was president. So if a, if a Republican is voted back in the White House, does all this lunacy change? The answer is no. No. And I wish it wasn't. Uh, that's why in the, in the book we do five chapters on the solution, and it doesn't start with the government. It starts with parents, and it starts with first a recognition that we should leave these schools. We should leave them if we can. If we have the means, if we have the ability, why are we spending money or sending kids to public schools uh, that are completely antithetical to what we believe? And my son, my son that. is leaving the school, by the way, Pete, just so you know, to your point. That's he is fantastic, leaving. and yes. I think that's what parents have to do. It's our most precious resource, and we send them 40 hours a week to Democrat camp and then hope that they survive it and come out sane through us trying. And the progressives wrote about this. They said, what can church on Sunday for one hour do to defeat 40 hours of atheist and progressive instruction in the class. They wrote openly in the New Republic about this in the early 20th century. That was their goal. So I think we need to leave these schools, start our own. Uh, I'm a big fan of classical Christian education. There's one in Manhattan. There's one on Long Island. There's one in New Jersey. There are over 400 across the country, and there are more coming on every year. There's online options, homeschool options. Charlie Kirk is starting a Turning Point Academy. He's going to have hopefully dozens of them soon across the country. We need to create an alternate ecosystem because the government schools are gone. They're gone. The teachers' unions control the entire pipeline from the teachers' colleges to accreditation to standards to tests uh, to curriculum to pedagogy. And every single day uh, they, 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 they're continuing to push further down the line with it. I guess, Pete Hegseth, and again, the book is called, and it is a terrific book, Battle for the American Mind, Uprooting a Century of Miseducation. I guess the executive branch can affect it uh, a little bit because, as I mentioned before, Joe Biden is using uh, federal, federal school lunch money to hold these schools hostage. If you don't teach this ch- transgenderism a garbage, this gibberish, this poison, we will withhold the, the lunch money. Now, that's not a cure-all, but it is it's, it's a small it, on part. On the margins, I totally agree. Obviously, it's on hyperspeed right now, and it's being celebrated. So Trump started with the 1776 commission toward the end of his first term uh, and that was right over the target we got to start teaching the basics and that our country that we love our country we can do things like that and that is good but the teachers unions and the education department will fight back with the fire of a thousand sons
Wow. You know, uh, one of the things that I, I love about your work, Pete, uh, and of course, again, you're an anchor at Fox News, and you've got this great book out, as Bernie's mentioned a couple of times, Battle for the American Mind. But uh, we've got televisions on in the studio while we're on the air, so we can't have the volume up, actually, obviously, because we're doing a radio show. Yeah. But I see, and, I, and almost every morning, here's Pete Hegseth having breakfast with a bunch of guys in Maryland. Here's Pete <laughs> Hegseth having yeah. a West Virginia, New Jersey. You have breakfast in, in some diner all over the country. That's got to be fun, no? I think it's the best gig in television. I, mean, I get paid to travel across the country, right. eat, eat great food, <laughs> regional food, but then meet the best people on the planet. Right. I mean, such good people. There is a reservoir of goodness, honesty, hard work in this country, patriotism, and those segments. We just, I just, I don't pre, you know, script what these guys say at all. It's just, here's a microphone. How do you feel about the state of the country? And I think that's how we punch through the spin and the pundits and the politicians. But you, but you don't have Democrats. Really you don't have like Democrats trying to barge in or picketing outside. None of that, right? These are just the people that are eating in the diner that day, right? We intentionally do only local. Uh, we let the diner know, and then the diner lets their patrons know. Gotcha. So we don't do a lot of advertising about it because we don't want people coming in from out of town. We want people that live there who visit that restaurant telling us how they feel about the news of the day. Let me tap in, Pete Hegseth, to your astute political acumen. Uh, listen, on Tuesday, this Myra Flores was elected. This is the first of the uh, victor of the red wave, uh, and it's going to be it's going to be a huge red wave. But what do you think, based on talking to people in the restaurant, based on your knowledge mm -hmm. overall, how big of a red wave? I mean, will this save us this uh, November? Because I think it's our last best hope. Well, what hope it is giving us? It is a realignment. They assumed that that the Hispanic community was going to be a Democrat constituency forever. It's flipped in the other direction. It was the guy who said, I'm going to build the wall who started it. Uh, and listen, it, is it going to save us? No. Is it really important? Yes. It can stop. You know, investigations can occur. A lot of the nonsense that they're pushing can stop. Uh, politically, we still have the opportunity to win, and we should. The question is, culturally and educationally, are we digging ourselves too deep that 10, 20, 30 years from now, politically, we can't have these victories? But this, this is independents and Democrats. Uh, moderate Democrats being mugged by reality, crime surrounding them, inflation surrounding them. You can't get baby formula. We're embarrassed on the world stage. Uh, and they're, they're, our border is wide open. And they're saying, I just want sanity. And the Democrat Party is at war with itself. And they will go further left because that who could, that's who controls the power base and the money in that party right now. So I'm extremely hopeful. I think we need a massive red wave. And then yeah. we need real aggressive Republicans who are not going to you know, go to D.C. for D.C.'s sake. Yeah, well, good luck with that. Uh yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's the problem. We all want a big red wave, but most of these guys are, uh, well, they're not up for the task. Anyway, the yep. book is Battle for the American Mind, Uprooting a Century of Miseducation. Pete Hexeth, who's a great anchor on Fox News. David Goodwin also wrote the book Praise from Everybody Once Again, from Tucker Carlson to Ben Shapiro to Charlie Kirk to Mark Levin. Uh, you're the best, Pete. That's a great job. Good luck with the book and keep Thank coming back. We loved having you. And, and thanks Anytime. for your service. Very much. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for what you do. All right, pal. Take care. Pete Hegseth, Fox News on Bernie and Civil. Taking a contestant right now for Beat Bernie. Got Pete Morgan sitting to my left. Of course, he sponsors that and everything else on this show. Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers, 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. More talk and your chance at cash and prizes right here on the Thursday edition of Bernie and Sid.
Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. about the uh, Pete Hegseth conversation, which was great. He was really great, and uh, certainly Bernie and Sid were great, too. But, you know, I'm in the process now. My book will be out August 6th of putting together, you know, different um, speaking engagements and uh, what bookstores. And, again, it looks like Simon & Schuster is going to do a three-state book signing tour, New York, New Jersey, and Florida. And, you know, I'm in the process of uh, trying to get on other people's shows to promote the book. Like Pete just did, Bernie, with you and I. And, again, I'm very proud of this book. John Katz-Matidi's great forward. Bernard, your forward was was really incredible. I mean, really incredible. And uh, and I've got a whole bunch of great praise people, too, like like he does. You know, Pete does with uh, Chaz yeah. Palminteri and Craig Carton and Bill O'Reilly and those, Miranda those are, Devine and Peter those, King. That's a pretty good list. Those are called blurbs, by the way. Yes, blurbs, yeah. yeah. They call them praise, though, these days. Used to be blurbs. Now what they call it? them praise. praise. Praise? Yeah. You know, that's uh, I'm learning something right now. It's the yeah. first time I ever heard that. P-R-A-I-S-E, praise. And he's got, you know, huge names. Again, Kaylee McEnany, Tucker Carlson, Ben Shapiro, Charlie Kirk, Dan Bongino, Mark Levin. So, um, so what I find myself doing is... I have to read the book again or go back in my mind about the book because I do talk badly about some people in the book, you know. Right, (laughs) well, as you should. Right. Uh, Above and beyond Joe Biden, by the way. And now I have to worry if I book myself in a certain place that I talk badly about that person or that network or somebody who's friends with that person. So I'm kind of doing that these days, like... I know, uh, I, you know what I'm saying. I can go on Adam Carolla's show. I can go on Joe Rogan's show. These are huge shows, by the by the way, huge. And I will go on those shows, but um, I don't think I'll get on Tucker Carlson. For example, Adam Carolla, he's got the same publisher that I do, and his new book is coming out next month. But his last book, he was off to a relatively slow start in sales, and he got on Tucker Carlson's show, and in one night on Tucker Carlson's show, he sold about twelve thousand books. So right. you, you can't beat exposure like that. I don't have a relationship with Tucker at all, at all. So that's not going to happen. But I'm just trying to remember now for, for people that, that are in the book is I take a shot at a bunch of people above and beyond Joe Biden. And I praise a lot of people above and beyond you, Bernie, or, Joe, or Katz Matides or Pete Morgan, who's in the book sitting well, to my left. I mean, when you say you take uh, you criticize, are you talking about public figures, political figures? Are you talking about media figures and you'll you'll you'll. Those you'll two. Be, yeah. You'll be barred from certain places because of that. <laughs> Those Is that two. what you're worried about? Those two, yeah. I mean, there's, uh, there's some media figures that I take out. There's a whole chapter on reality television. I'm not very kind to the people at the Bravo channel, for that matter, well, and uh, okay. NBC. You know, I think the more of that, the better. You I do, mean, right? Pe- pe- people like that. They want, you know, they want, you know, they want some rancor. They want, uh, you know, some uh, some acerbic uh, takes on on these, you know, celebrities, these divas, uh, and I'm talking about male and female divas. Yes. 
I think they like that. I think that's a good thing. I wouldn't, no regrets, uh, you know. No, I don't have regrets. In fact, well, you know, the, the, the idea for the book was to kind of balance it. So if I'm going to eviscerate, which I do, for example, BLM, right, and, and there's all kinds of statistics and notes about every given night or during the whole summer of 2020, maybe all of 230 riots that are described in the book, well, then I, I try to come back in the next chapter and do a nice story about me and my dad or me and Gabriel or me and you, quite frankly, Bernie. So there's a nice balance in the book. It's not just one 250-page thrashing. You you get a bunch of thrashings. You get a bunch of praise. You get some really nasty stuff, some depressing stuff, and a lot of heartwarming stuff as well. And I think the book does present a tremendous amount of balance. It's not just one subject like Pete's book, which is very important. Don't get me wrong. It's a very important book and a great book about miseducation. This book has a little bit of everything, from football to baseball to reality TV to Trump to Biden to Eric Adams to Bill de Blasio to Gabriel to Harvey to Bernie McGurk to Pete Morgan to John Cass. It's all in the book. I like it. I like it a lot. But uh, the politics, I, I think that's what you're worried about. The the politics will get you uh, banned, uh, for lack of a better word, from certain shows. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's part of the issue right now with Rosanna Scott or with Channel 5. I mean, I know for a fact some of those producers don't like me, don't like you, don't like what we talk about here. And uh, the politics in the book is basically I didn't vote for Trump, but I love him. And I did vote for him in 2020. And Biden is destroying the country. So try to yeah. get on a show where you praise Donald Trump in a book, and some of these shows just won't have it. Yeah, that's true. You, you, you're not going to be on with uh, Errol Lewis on New York <laughs> 1 anytime soon. But, Thank God for that. Thank God but, for but, that. But, but you can't, uh, you, if you try to please everybody, you please nobody. So, you, uh, you, you know, you just have to be honest, authentic, honest, uh, you know, write down what you feel and uh, let the chips fall where they may. I think they'll fall in good places if you are those things, if you try to be... Like I say, milk toast, phony, pleasing everybody. I don't think it would succeed as as much as uh, as what you did. For no, listen, I would rather uh, not sell a ton of books. And if it's a one and done with Simon and Schuster, look, they, they will do a bunch of books with me. I would rather not sell a bunch of books and do an honest, authentic book like I just wrote, like you're talking about, Bernie. Then try to please everybody, find ways to say nice things about Biden or Adams or de Blasio. Are you kidding me? Can't do it. So no. I'd rather be one and done, hop on Brian Kilmeade's show, hop on Greg Kelly's show, uh, maybe get on with uh, a guy like Hegseth, you know, maybe one yeah. of the weekend shows on Fox News. I mean, I'm sure Sean's not going to bring me on, or Laura, or Tucker for that matter. Uh, maybe uh, Jesse Waters will bring you Jesse, on. Jesse, he would bring me on, yeah. and, and certainly so would um, uh, Gutfeld. So I'd rather do a whole bunch of that, uh, hope for, for all those shows, and write something authentic than, like you're saying, try to please a bunch of people and write a bunch of garbage. I think that's the uh, way to go. That's I think that's the formula for success, and that's what you did. So uh, I'm looking forward to the success of your book. Well, it starts right away with you. Again, you and John, the, uh, the very beginning of the book, and then I go right into getting the job here, and uh, that's like the first couple of pages of the book, and that's where you're in the book, uh, Pete Morgan. How about that? Yeah, I guess. I haven't seen the manuscript or anything, so. You haven't seen it? Nope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you get destroyed, Pete. I'm sure. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. Oh, you get savaged. He's a real beauty, isn't he? Yeah. You know, it's funny. You just wrote down Colin Coward, right? So I am on record saying that Colin Coward is the best sports talk guy in the country. I really, Outside of Chris Russo. I really believe that. I think he's better than any other of the syndicated guys. Dan Patrick, Jim Rome. I think Colin's the best. Totally agree. Right. Totally agree. And, and the girl that works alongside Colin got her start in this business and to this day gives me the credit. And that's the beautiful Joy Taylor, right? 
Uh, there is no chance in a million years I'd ever get on Colin's show. And when I see him at the Super Bowl, by the way, he runs across the room. I swear to you, New Orleans, he knocked down about 10 people just to get to me to say hello. But he is liberal with a capital L. There is no chance. No chance. Sorry. So I think it's he, a, what, what, I'm sorry, people. Why can't he uh, uh, tolerate uh, a divergent opinion? Exactly. Because they just don't. It's, you, you, and you know that's – I know you asked that question – because knowing you're looking, the answer, right? You already knew the answer, and the truth is, there's stuff, in the, there's stuff in the book. Coward, see what he did. Yeah. Coward, coward. There's stuff in the book about sports too. Tom Brady, the Mets, the Giants. So we can have a great sports discussion. Leave out the Donald Trump stuff, if you will. But I, I'll tell you a quick example. Uh, Mark Cuban used to come on this show with me and Bernie, and uh, he uh, he used to uh, he liked uh, Jill Vitale, you know, flirty flipper. So his brother is a guy named Brian Cuban, a pretty famous guy too, I guess. And he has uh, some new app out or something, and he was sending me direct messages on Twitter to come on with me and Bernie to uh, bring him on about his new app. And the truth is, I didn't see his message until the day after the app came out. So I apologized. I said, hey, we'll still you know, consider bringing you on. Could you tweet about my book? And he said, Sid, I'm a fan of yours. I like you and Bernie. I can't do it. Well, why not? Wait, well, you're willing to come on the show with me and Bernie for us to pump up your app, but you won't tweet about my book because you hate Donald Trump? You believe that, Bernie? That's Mark uh, Cuban's brother. I actually do believe it. I mean, that, 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 that's the cut of all, all their jibs, these guys. They're cowards. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, what, what are you afraid of? Uh, free speech, First Amendment. What, 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 you're afraid of the Twitter mob? You're, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really is ridiculous. And it's very telling, too, about the spinelessness of uh, a lot of these people. That is just, that is really gross. You know, it really makes me sick. I have no respect for that guy now. It's depressing. <laughs> you have respect before? <laughs> no, I never even heard of him before. But, uh, right. I mean, right. uh, in one minute, you, yeah. you, you've, you've had me have no respect yeah. for a guy I, I never heard of. In one minute. You, you know, it, it is sad. It is sad. And they do really come off, a lot of these people, and I know you've made this point a bunch of times, and you're right, Bernie. They really do come off like they're better than us, like they're just better people. Exactly. They, yes. they care more. They're, they're more tolerant. Superior. They're morally superior. And in the meantime, they're effing animals, all of them. <laughs> animals. Uh, 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 yeah. Pusillanimous animals, yeah. I would add. Yeah. 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 D- disgusting. They make me sick. Listen, uh, Beat Bernie is coming up. Now. It's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. David is in uh, my borough, Brooklyn. He's today's contestant on Beat Bernie. Pete Morgan is sitting to my left. He's providing the cash and prizes. Fearless Boilers. Dave, where in Brooklyn are you? Dave, I'm in your old stomping grounds in the Mill Basin area of Brooklyn. You know, it's funny you said my old stomping grounds. My old stomping grounds are actually Midwood. I grew up on East 22nd and Quentin Road and spent 30 years there. But, but when I came back from Florida, David, to your point in 2016, I did live for one year with my sister, Ray Sherry, and brother-in-law, Albert, and they do live in Mill Basin. So that was my you most recent. Uh, that, the, the confusion is I had a friend run into you once on the B-100, so I thought you were from my area. No, no, no. Live there. My sister okay. does live there, but I'm from East 20, uh, Quentin Road, uh, right by Madison High School, East 22nd and East 23rd. By the way, the Fed keeps raising these uh, interest rates, and um, I don't know. this. Uh, how does the real estate business look these days? 
I, I, let me tell you something. Listings are going lightning fast still. Yeah. I don't know how long it'll last, but they're still they're still selling quick. Okay, good. I know those homes, uh, for example, their Ocean Parkway, that whole Syrian community. Those are some gorgeous homes, and Mill Basin too is a beautiful area. Yep, Marine Park. It's they're popular areas because they're as suburban in New York City as you can get, and that's still where people want to be. Agreed. Well, good luck in uh, today's game, David. Uh, let's get you going here. Here's number one. In 1849, Congress passed an act to establish the Home Department, creating what current cabinet department? Hmm. It was a tough game today. Who wrote this? I, I would be surprised. Which I would say the. De- yeah. The. Hmm. All right, the answer is the Department of the Interior. Number two, not easy, Dave. For 250 years. No, that was a tough one. That was tough. For 250 years, Spanish ships sailed the Pacific Ocean carrying valuable goods like silk from Manila to Acapulco. What were these ships actually called? Jesus. What? What? Who, who wrote this? <laughs> what game were they today? Did you write this, Justin? He's Are so, you mad at these people? What's the matter so with you? Proud I mean, Justin so. can't tell you his own age, <laughs> and, and and he goes on the internet, and all of a sudden becomes a genius. My God! Yeah, who's like that? Who's like that? <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm kind of like that. I, I would say, I would say, I would say frigates. I know it's not right. No, but it's I'll not say right. Yeah. It's actually called the Manila Galleons. Here's number three: Lee Ann Hester became the first woman since World War II. To earn a silver star for her actions in what 2005 military operation? This you should get. Uh, Desert Storm? Wrong. You're you know, back of I don't, if it's Operation Iraqi Freedom, you're not going to give him credit for Desert no, Storm? No, I, I, Yes, I am. No, yeah. Desert Storm was in the 90s. I know. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It was 90, I'm, I'm still giving it to you. Oh, okay. Well, uh, make okay. it Because <laughs> you're from you're Brooklyn. generous. So, yeah. uh, number four, Sony Music made a boss move in 2021, paying more than a half billion dollars for the recordings and music publishing of what New Jersey rock star? He's my favorite, by the way. Uh, bon Jovi. Are you nuts? Bon Jovi. I'm taking back the last right answer, you son of a bitch. What do you mean, Bon Jovi? I figured it out now. I figured it out now. It's Bruce Springsteen, right, but I don't like Bruce Springsteen. Well, I don't care what you like. He's my favorite. <laughs> Most of the damn show. All right, anyway, here's the last one. The name of the second largest city in Iowa mentions a tree and alludes to a river. What is the city? A tree? Yeah, come on. (laughs) Justin, you are such a dick. Why'd you write it like this? Wait, could you read that one more time? Nope. The uh, tree Uh, is, and I like you, don't get me wrong, you're adorable, but uh, it's a rough game. The tree is Cedar, and the river is the Rapids. Therefore, Cedar Rapids. It's now you have to be quali- you have to be qualified again to win this game. You know, I mean, uh, you know, we we had a while there where, uh, you know, the uh, the uh, aforementioned no, I, I the former it. Luke Legrano used to used I get to it. throw I together mean, a little easy when game. When you play Beat Sid, it's like, what's the name of Wilma's husband on the Flintstones? Yeah, no, we're right. d- we're done with that. And this one you're doing like Manila Galleons and the Department of the Interior. It's mm-hmm. Marty. Yeah. No. Oh. no, all right. Let's. Uh, so, did he get any right? Uh, no. You, you gave him one. No, you I took it back. No, he said, by Jovi, yeah, I yeah. take that back. Save All right, so uh, let's get Bernie on the phone. I like Dave. He's, he's a nice guy, but uh, Bernie, you're there. I am in the house. Not going to be easy today. you got to get one right. <laughs> okay. All right. I Bernie, in 1849, 
Congress passed an act to establish the Home Department, creating what current cabinet department? You say the Home Department? That's right. Uh, I would say it would be, uh, I don't know, I guess the, the Department of the Interior. <laughs> Yeah, let's go home. Let's go with that. Yeah, let's go home. Yeah, I'm gonna go with no, that. No, you got it right. You got it right. Uh, I'm gonna just go with that. Well, what, what, what is Lou saying? Well, he can't believe uh, it. I, you it would just—it's unbelievable. Like yeah. no one can get that at the station. Oh, you got it okay. in a second. Yeah, it was an educated guess. I, I didn't oh, know it de- definitively, definitely. but uh, it was an educated well, guess. Well, it's a great totally guess. Educated. Here's number God. two for 250 years. Yeah, but you didn't correct me when it was uh, Spy Who Loved Me and not Moonraker. No, just read the question. Not, uh, you know, I don't know everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go look up on the Internet more information that we don't care about. For 250 years, Spanish ships sailed the Pacific Ocean carrying valuable goods like silk from Manila to Acapulco. What were these ships called? They were called, uh, well, it's similar to what you buy milk, the quantity, gallons, galleons. Well, well, you got to get the first word two, though. Oh, yeah. I do. Yeah, it's a two word. Oh, you want to give it to him? I mean, yeah, give it to him. Well, just hitting me with this. So yeah, I mean, give okay. me a break. Well, is yeah, he. It what, is what, in what's the, the first word? Manila. It's Manila galleons, but you're getting credit for it anyway. Yeah, they, they, two they were two galleons. Yeah. yeah, number three. Great guessing. Well, you knew that one. Leanne Hester became the first woman since World War II to earn a silver star for her actions in what 2005 military operation? That was the, uh, that was the name of the town. The, uh, no, oh, you're wrong. Okay. Uh, the answer Military is operation? Operation, operation Iraqi Freedom. No town. Okay. Number four. Oh, so it was the whole war. The whole war, yes. Oh, gee. Well, gee, I mean, make that clear next yeah, time. He, oh, no, no, it's my fault? It sounded like it was a, a small, some, no, no, uh, you know, an wait, operation. Did, did I say small operation or small town? Yeah. No, yeah. I said you earned a silver star, first one since World War II. For what military operation? What says small town about that? Uh, military operation means like one individual. God damn it, Justin. Will you get on the phone with this guy? One individual battle. One individual battle, uh, Justin. It, yeah, I mean, if, if, if it's the whole war, I, I mean, in 2005, I would have guessed Iraq, of course. You know what I'm saying? Well, he knows better than I would, so, uh, you know. That, that, uh, that's but anyway, a, that, I got that's it wrong. That's, that's fine. I'll right. take it. I got it wrong. Well, it seems like you're taking that like on. a champ. Here's number four. Sony Music made a boss move in 2021, paying more than half a billion dollars for the recordings and music publishing of what New Jersey rock star? Sony Music... Uh, well, it's got to be Bruce or uh, Bon Jovi, right? So I guess I'll go with Bon Jovi. This is so weird. What about Bon Jovi says boss? What is Springsteen's nickname? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't even hear it. It went over my head. Oh, my God. He was in a military operation. He was. Sure. Yeah. In a small town. I was town. about to tell you a, an operation in Iraq. I know you were. Right. It was, that went too fast, I think, for Bernard. You just. You didn't Went give too fast. I, I, I read the question so slowly. No? No, it, it felt are. like it was fast to me. I, okay. I don't know. All right. I mean, Thank you, Lou. Number five. I, I, okay. <laughs> the yeah. name of the second largest city. Oh, come on. Don't be stupid. Yeah. In Iowa mentions a tree and alludes to a river. What's the city? Uh, the city would be... <clears throat> I'll go with Des Moines. 
What the hell is The tree is cedar. The water is rapids. Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Well, Bernie still kicked his ass. You heard that too slow. Wait. You're killing me. What was the final score? 2 nothing. Uh, it was a fun game today. Dave's a great guy, Bernie, a real estate guy in Brooklyn. Bernie, say hello. What's up, Dave? Hey, Bernie, how's it going? Listen, I'm not a political guy, so I don't like calling in for that, so I was happy to call in for beat Bernie, even though uh, I had a sad showing today. But uh, these questions are a little kooky the way they're written. Uh, well, uh, a little, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. I'll say, Dave. But uh, how are things? What, what part of Brooklyn, by the way? So, so I'm in Mill Basin. Spend most of my time in Marine Park. Okay, so uh, some of the uh, some of Sid's haunts, no? That's that's what I thought too. Yeah, not far. My office is right where Sid used to live. All right. Well, uh, listen, man. I love Brooklyn, and uh, Dave. I won't say I love you, but I like you. So, uh, listen, I, think I, love I like Dave. you too. Thank you for uh, listening. Thanks for calling in, man. And uh, we'll, a, we'll do it again sometime down the line. How about that? I'm good. I'm a fan of both you guys. And, uh, Bernie, we're pulling for you. You're always in our thoughts and prayers. Keep up uh, the, the strong battle. Really sweet of you. Thanks, Dave. Now I love you. Uh, <laughs> here on the Bernie and Sid, the great guy, Dave from Brooklyn. Uh, here on the Bernie and Sid Show, we're going to wrap up the show momentarily uh, after these, uh, as Sid would say, short messages. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning. I walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. <laughs> oh, Bon Jovi. Cool. <laughs> Play it, big man, Clarence. Tenth Avenue Freeze Out, one of the great Bruce Springsteen songs ever. Big lunch coming up today. The boys are going out. Pete Morgan, Sid Rosenberg, and Gabriel Rosenberg. Except Gabriel doesn't know it yet. But I have to wake his ass up when I get home. You know, he's a teenager now, Bernie, so he sleeps later. You know. Uh, what is that? Is he finished with school for the year? Yeah, he's done. Yeah, actually, it's funny you say that. Today was his last day, but his last day, I think, was Tuesday. Um, and he's done. So he's home, and uh, we're getting ready to have a nice summer together. We have a football catch every day. It's great having the kid home. It really is. But he does sleep later. So now Pete's going to come into my house and make a whole bunch of noise, and uh, we'll wake him up, you know. He's coming to your house to help you out. Yeah, well, not so much. I mean, you have to uh, hire installers, and he wants me to go to John Katzenmatini's about something. I don't even know. It's, it's becoming way too complicated. I, listen, right. if there was more than one initial instruction, it's way too complicated for Sid. That's true. Good God. I just it's want just... somebody to come in and do the work. Uh, by the way, no one works anymore. Everybody wants to be my friend. My, my driver never shows up. It's two consecutive days that Freddie hasn't shown up, Ricky. So he's out. He's out. He's definitely getting fired. I have other people who do, do stuff in the house. They just want to be my friend. They want to come over. They want to go out for dinner. They want to hang out with me and Danielle. They want to, their kids want to hang out with my kids. Do the app and work. That's why I hired you. I don't need more friends. I have three. It's enough. Well, then when, when they come over, barricade yourself in the room and just get the hell out of the way. I want to do that, but Danielle, like, she goes out of her way to be so friendly. I'm like, just stop it. Stop. Because then they start to think, oh, we're friends, and, uh, you know, I could, I could afford to miss a couple of appointments because Sid's my buddy. I'm not your buddy. You're my buddy, Bernie. Pete, you're my buddy. Lou, you're my buddy. My buddy. Danielle's my best friend. These guys, nobody wants to work anymore. Nobody. It's unbelievable. Well, let me just say this. If you're looking for people to work for you, and they listen to the show right now? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, I do, double-check the work that they do. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're right. When they booby-trap my bedroom. 
Yeah. Shit. Why don't you go into the restaurant next and tell them your peace of mind? Well, your food sucks. God, yeah. All right, what and, a great and show. And tell your waiter not to talk to me. <laughs> oh well, you know, Bernie, don't. You know I'm like that. Hey, y'all, great show today. The guests were great, all three of them. They really were. Yep. Big show coming up tomorrow. And uh, Pete Morgan, it's always great to see you. Good to be here. Say a prayer. PD. All the love, today, Pete. Bro. Prayers. Prayers for me today. <laughs> Yes, you got them from me, bro. Hey, Bernie, great job as always. So much fun today as always. You're the best. Feel good. Have a great Thursday. We'll do it again tomorrow. Thanks. You as well, Sydney. All the love. Come in, Bernie McGurk. Thanks to Lou Rapino, Justin Ellick. Great job today. Bill, Frankie Diaz with an E. Deb Valentine with the news. Good morning, Jacqueline Cole. The five of us will be back again tomorrow morning for your Friday show at 6 a.m. I'll be at Yankee Stadium tonight watching the Yankees and the Rays until Friday morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. From all of us to all of you. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.